Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the jungle. Uh, For we bought a mic and good mic hunting a Robin Williams career arc series. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Welcome. You will not leave this podcast until you have rolled a five or an eight. And unfortunately for our listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, it does normally take us about 26 years to actually record an episode. So, so strap in. Yeah, folks. that's actually tr- legitimately true. Whenever we're doing our year end series, like at least 26 years of my life go by. Welcome. My name's Ernest. I grew up in this pod studio. It's out there that scares me. My name is Hunter. I'm Drew. <clears throat> and joining us today, our old friend. Don't get his wife's name out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brett Nemiroff. <laughs> Don't get his wife's name out of his. I'm so what? No. <laughs> Is this when is this even coming out? Will that will the Oscars still even be it's relevant? in 26 years? Hunter just said, Yeah, this is this is actually coming out before the Oscars, so people won't yeah. know about this yet. Mm. Yeah, it's a bummer. It'll How's be it funny though once they do. From from sunny California, I'll just dub that over a pod for those who seek to find a way to cast their world behind. Ooh, and and all of a sudden, Hunter is just and fully now replaceable. I just have, I, now I just have nothing at this point. I'm completely just... I'm, I'm here to apply for uh, Wabam host number three okay. in mm-hmm. descending order. Well, I'm glad that you know that I am number three, at least. Right. Well, we'll, we'll keep you in yeah. mind. You're, you're like the Andrew Garfield to uh, Drew's Toby and my Tom. I don't want to be Toby. I have been a little bit of, referred to as a bit of a twonk before, yeah. so... Well, Drew is definitely Garfield. Thank you. Okay. So then he'd be number three. Hunter's, so Hunter's, Mag- Hunter's McGuire. Okay. Wild card. Because like, I just, I just am showing up for those checks. I'm just here to like get paid. And then I'm just going to like go back and live off of my great Gatsby money. Mm. So Brett, uh, this is probably what, like your eighth time on the show. I'm just <laughs> no. pulling a random number out of the hat. <laughs> It's definitely more or less than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it's exactly that? It's not. Could be. <laughs> it's been a lot. Um, the last time you were on was probably for Nicolas Cage, right? I, no, I didn't do a Cage movie. Oh, wow. Okay. So it That's was so it was Lord of the Rings then. It might have. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the Lord of the Rings spree we did. Yeah. Um, that was a good time. Yeah. yeah. That was like about a year ago, wasn't it? No, that was more. more. That, that was, was like two more. years ago. That was oh. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. You moved out to sunny California and got too good for us. This homegrown, we bought a mic podcast. Yeah, and now uh, you had to come back, come back to where it all began. I've gotten Monty. way better at podcasting. I got a bunch of Botox. No, I switched to video. You look horrible. Mm-hmm. You, you look like Tim Allen in Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> Is he very Botoxed up in that? His movie character gets, gets Botox, and it's very funny. Oh, it's, oh, it's like a gag, classic, like a classic sight gag. He's like drinking water and it's just falling yeah. out his mouth. Um, yeah, we are on video, so people do get to see your your beautiful cheeks. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a 
sinking into the cheeks of this uh, couch I think, as we speak. I, I think every episode we record, we should be somewhere else in this fucking garage. Right. <laughs> yeah. We do. We are always changing angles. It is funny because I remember that we did record an episode where we were both sitting on that couch. And I think by the end of the episode, we were just like <laughs> fully submerged into yeah. that bad boy. It's like, I am not moving out of here. <laughs> I'm I'm getting sucked in. Um, but uh, much like Robin Williams gets sucked into Jumanji. Perfect. Thank perfect you. transition. Perfect. And you so, don't become, you don't back become, above Brett. You don't become being. host number three by accident. Welcoming your favorite Jew to talk about Manji. <laughs> Jew. Jew. <laughs> Brett, so that's really why we invited now, you here today. Now, we didn't want to say it, but since yeah, you would said you it, would you make that joke, Hunter? This might be a plus for Brett. <laughs> Yeah, cut the, cut that out and let uh, Hunter say it. Yeah. yeah. What what is um, uh, Jewish about Jumanji? Please elaborate. Um, Wait, no. Reap pitch a Jumanji too, but it's very. It's Jewish. Zathura. Zathura is the full on Hebrew. It sounds like a Hebrew word for like. Yeah, God. I can't. I can't argue that Zathura sounds like it would be the Jewish version of Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, we'll Jumanji. To- Jumanji is like a Zulu word. For many effects, oh, fun fact, man, oh, makes sense. Yeah, and were they talking about the monkey CGI effects in particular? <laughs> yeah, there's many monkeys. You're like, there's definitely a lot. There's a that. lot going on with those guys. We'll we'll talk about that and all the other great things about this movie coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us why you picked this movie. Did you just think I got to get one of the big '90s run Robin movies? No, or well, was there something else? Well, I remember when we were first talking about, you know, who you guys were going to pick for the next series after Cage and you went with Robin Williams. And I was I mean, we grew up obviously with Robin Williams. I know you guys are like reliving all these movies. Right. And for me, Jumanji is the one that has continued to stick in my head. I don't think I saw it as much as like Flubber. Ooh. But I mean, number one, if like you think about like the beginning of the movie, it's kind of like terrifying body horror when the kid yeah. gets sucked into the game. But I, I realized, like, I think a big part of my obsession with board games started with this movie. Like, wow. But also my obsession with the rules. Like, ta- you could talk to some people, especially my girlfriend. Like, I'm the kind of insufferable person that's really adamant about board game rules. Like, I'll make you sit there and listen to me read the rules of the board game. And like the whole plot of this movie is based on following the rules of yeah. a board game. And if you right? and if you don't follow the rules, you will get turned into an ape. You will yes, grow a exactly, tail. exactly. Yeah, I want I want there to be a mechanic in my apartment. If you're playing board games here and you fucking cheat or don't follow the rules, you get turned into like an ugly, stinky, <laughs> stinky monkey. Yeah, that kid's fucked up. He's a monkey. <laughs> the the makeup holds up pretty well. I mean, it holds up better than the CG. Yeah. I will say some of the CG in this movie, even though it doesn't look realistic, I wouldn't say it all looks bad. No, it's just the monkeys look like <laughs> shit. The They're an abomination. Are the most in every single thing scene. I've ever seen. I mostly life. want to talk about the monkeys tonight. <laughs> there, it's it's wild how much screen time they get. Yeah, considering how much they stand out, like lighting wise, like every everything you could do wrong with them, they do. And then like it, the stampede looks like all right. You know, it is yeah. like funny, like. So there's no way that they like put this whole movie together. They saw the mix of practical effects they had. They saw some of the good CGI they have. And they're like, 
Yeah, no, this is a good amount of monkeys. Should we like add more monkeys to this? Like it easily, it looked bad in 1995. Like I'm just saying, like this, there was never a point in history. I mean, two years after Jurassic Park. It's just like, yeah, exactly. This is two years after Jurassic Park. Yeah, the effects, it reminds me of like Mars attacks and stuff like that. Like the effects Mm. are very mid 90s. That said, movie did well. Yeah, so this is this is something we got to talk about because th- we mentioned this with uh, Mrs. Doubtfire last week, but this is the Robin run. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he tried to do his, you know, quote unquote, for adults type of movies like Awakenings and wow. Toys. Um, you know, those were several years apart, but even something like Fisher King was like not, specifically aimed at children and those movies were just not making the the types the 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 amount of money that like an aladdin made but i mean you did have a couple you had like um i don't know like dead poets made pretty good money um but what's dead the other poets one was uh, it, good, dead, it's different though because, good morning vietnam yeah. did good uh, money but same thing like we have to just kind of put ourselves in a different mindset in the late 80s 90s if you were nominated for Oscars or if you won Oscars, your movie got re-released and that was like an extra like 40, 50 million dollars to what you would make. It wasn't even so much that like Dead Poets did gangbusters whenever it first got released, but whenever it starts to rack up all these awards and award nominations, then it's going to get re-released back in theaters and that's whenever it like really, really cleans up. And that's not really a thing that happens anymore, so, especially not with adult dramas. So after so Mrs. Doubtfire is 93. So after that, he does a guest spot on Homicide Colon Life on the Street, which we're going to be covering next week. Um, then yeah. a movie called Being Human, which we're not covering, but it seems kind of interesting. This is the log line. It says, um, one man must learn the meaning of courage across four lifetime centuries apart. Cloud Atlas. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, Tom Hanks, step aside. Um, oh, we. He did a couple spots on the Larry Sanders show. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's on incredible here. show. Um, then something called In Search of Dr. Seuss. Um, then Nine Months, which he had a little bit part in. That was a little Chris Columbus reunion. Um, and then he gets credited with something called Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and Aladdin <laughs> on Ice. Are there any like smaller, less significant <laughs> credits you can give us? So so you get an idea Wait, so of like you guys that's, aren't big Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar fans. That's a two-year, that's a two-year gap in between movies there. Like uh Mrs. Doubtfire, massive hit, like just gangbusters. And then he has like you know, a little bit of a lull there with some couple of, of you know, not well-remembered movies and some obscure TV appearances. And then he comes back with another banger, Jumanji, um, which off a budget of 65 million makes 262 million at the box office. Um, doesn't quite crack the top five of the year no it, it also didn't do crazy well with critics because there are a lot of pretty easy to identify problems yeah. with the movie despite the fact that it ends up being pretty fucking entertaining right it is a it is at the end of the day a kids movie mm-hmm. yeah but right. this is like one of the rare kids movies where it crossed over in a big way overseas like this movie it made a, a hundred mil domestic which is like good it had a 65 million dollar budget which is 
insane to think that like a children's movie like this with a relatively unproven director, an original idea mm-hmm. is getting hey, 65 mil. We have to talk um, more about him later. Yeah, but it made 100 mil domestic, which is good. Makes back its budget. Made 162 international. Like this movie really hit overseas. That's interesting. Um, and I think it's just because, you know, so much of this movie is broad comedy it's very like just broad family dynamics well it's, it kind of does visual the best. yeah it does it's the best vi- yeah it, it doesn't rely on like the timing of dialogue jokes it's most all of the time. Yeah. it's it's all visual like applied to everything in the movie right so all the right. comedy is visual the interpersonal relationships between the characters if you don't speak the language you could still watch this on silent and understand everything but a big thing for me especially when i was a kid is the board game itself like, yeah. practical, like practical effects, but just the board game Jumanji doesn't look like any game we would have had in the 90s or early 2000s, right? In a cardboard box. It looks it was something, mm-hmm. yeah, like we could have stumbled upon. I actually did. That's uh, that's. Know. I wrote that down that I, I love like the detailing and the wood carving of mm-hmm. the board game yeah. itself. Well, the, the movie opens in like the 19th century. It's like the, the yeah. 1860s or something like that. You know, yeah. like early America. Uh, and it's, you know, it's set in like new England, I think it's new Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And I love how it opens with just like the spooky storm, thunder and lightning and rain. So it's bearing, they're burying the the board game in like, uh, just in the ground. And then some kids like, but Papa, what if someone finds it? And yeah. Like, God hey. have mercy on their soul. Lightning strike. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I love there's that some shit. incredible like kids movie shit. And the first like the first act of this movie is just like kids movie isms like all over the place. Yeah. From, like, you know, kid just like just existing and then just having people wanting to chase him down with a bike. By the way, this town. Tell me that this doesn't just look like Dairy Maine, the town from it. It's just like just it's Dairy crazy mixed with, vibes mixed with uh, Back to the Future City, right? But like, there's like that uh, kids just wandering into construction sites, a thing that just happens in children's movies. Well, there's no nobody's like around to like monitor and make sure that like children don't just like come in with all this heavy machinery and so all that. You good gotta stuff. you gotta think about the power of Jumanji, right? Because. <laughs> He is not just like, oh, I guess I'll wander into this construction site. He is being like, he's he like hears, summoned. What here's the drum. The yeah. yeah. The drum, which is like still so effective. That sound effect of the yeah, this, drums. This, adap- this adaptation for this script and for this movie was meant to be really surreal. You know, and it, and it starts with, you're right. Like the biggest kids movie trope is them like walking around. It happens like four times in the movie and only the kids hear the sound of the, like the African drums. Yeah. You did hear like, it. Yeah, you don't you don't hear that? Shut up, kid! And then they like go and find the board game. I'm gonna beat you up. Yeah, <laughs> remember getting like beat up just because like no, what was even the remember? Roost? Remember when like you were trying to run away because like you knew these kids were gonna like beat the shit out of you, and your dad's like, "Son, sometimes you just gotta get your ass kicked." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I uh, and, and dad and dad's like, "Sorry, I didn't realize it was multiple kids that beat your ass. I thought it was just <laughs> one kid." Sorry, you're a fucking loser. Go to boarding school, you yeah. idiot. You couldn't take six older boys by yourself, <laughs> you fucking wimp. He, uh, tough dad. It plays, it makes more sense for that to be 
uh, parenting rationale in the 60s, yeah, which is when this is taking place. Because we start in the 1800s, then we flash to the 60s. Mm-hmm. We're still not even in the meat of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. We're in the 60s for about a half hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I arguably, think it's at like arguably too it, long. It's at like the 28 minute mark that Robin Williams finally yeah, comes 20, into the story. 29, I 29 minutes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe a bit too long. Um, I like. But, I appreciate the patience and the setup, but I I don't think it was executed well enough to justify it being that long. I, if it was like if it was better movie during that chunk of movie, then maybe you know I, what I mean. I you like mean, strictly the first chunk of the movie you're talking about. Yeah, before Robin the, comes in, the movie is so short. By the way, like with that said, I didn't realize how much of the movie is taken up by that initial part yeah. of the movie, right? That's like mm-hmm. the entire first act. It's, it's 104 minutes. Yeah. So we're talking about credits. 30 minutes of the 104 minutes. Yeah. Now we're only at like yeah, no, an Robin, hour 15 that Robin is even Ro- in the movie. Robin appears at the two at the second act mark. Well, and mm-hmm. so the the blueprint for this is obviously Aladdin. Yeah. Where you, right. you haven't even think of that. You, yeah. yeah, you have a first act, you establish world and characters, and then you bring in Chaos Guy. Yeah. Um, the difference is just the beginning of Aladdin is incredible. Right. You it's know what pitch I mean? Perfect, so you're not right, missing yeah. anything. I was missing an ingredient in the beginning. I, of this. I will say, like, you are I think you are right, but I didn't feel it as much because our queen. Kirsten Dunst, Academy Award nominee, Mm. Kirsten Dunst, little baby Kirsten comes in and I was so happy to see her. I wasn't (laughs) waiting around for anything because she is so good, not just in uh, that first part before Robin comes in, but just in the whole movie. She's so emotive and she sells everything that she needs to sell, every emotion, and she does it with like this bigness without it going like overboard it she's amazing she's she, so talented she looked exactly like thomas and mckenzie yeah when similar she, vibes when she was that yeah. age it's pretty how, wild how, her power of the dog co-star thomas and mckenzie <laughs> how far after uh interview with a vampire is this oh this must have been around the same time this must have been within a couple of years she's I, definitely older I uh, I did want to read the qu- the first scene that we get with her. It's like it kind of took me back whenever we were watching it because I was like, that. "What mm. is this character?" She's talking to uh, like it's her and her brother, um, and they're like talking with the realtor after their parents are dead. They had to move in with their aunt, and uh, her quote is, "We barely even knew our parents." They were always away skiing, gambling in Monte Carlo, on safari in darkest Africa. We didn't even know if they loved us. But when the sheep's yacht went down, they managed to write us a really beautiful goodbye note that was found floating in a champagne bottle amongst the debris. (laughs) And then she walks in and she's laughing. And I was like, because that's not true. No, I know. But it's just and then her aunt walks out and they're like, they died in a car accident in Canada. But it's like, what is her like sense of humor? She almost has like a a little psycho. She has like a Harold and Harold and Maude kind of vibe to her where it's like there's some there's some like weird darkness to this. These kids do have absolutely zero processing of their trauma and right really, there's there's like their parents are dead and they are they're busy robin williams does more processing for his own parental issues than these children whose parents like presumably like just died yeah. like it the wound has got to be fresh, fresh. Yeah. and this is and it's just not what, it what were you gonna say brett go ahead well i was gonna say that it's kind of the perfect role for kirsten dunce at, especially at that time, the kid that's a little too mature and a little bit darker 
you know, right after Interview with a Vampire, this it's mm-hmm. perfect for her. That's like her first act, like the first like five, six years of her career. That's pretty much what she's yeah. doing. I've actually never seen uh, Interview with a Vampire. I gotta mm-hmm. gotta check it out. I've always heard great things. Um, but yeah, I think I think that when it comes to those kinds of dialogue bits. There's a lot of that in this movie and not just the dialogue. A lot of the things that happen, there's a stretch in this movie where it's like they like go into a store for like no reason. But people are like looting and they, oh, I, was I have so, so many thoughts about that store. The I store love that shit so much. But it's like there's so many things that happen in this movie where it's just like it's it's similar to that energy of what Kirsten Dunn's character is saying in that scene where it's just like this isn't really a as much a character saying something that relates to what this character is it's more just the the movie being a movie it's just like part of the tapestry of the movie and and the the writer trying to put something across that like doesn't quite gel with like what that character should be as a person and more about just like the idea the overall idea that you want the movie to get across to the audience which like kind of frustrates me sometimes it's something that you just kind of have to let it slide because it's a kid's movie but if you are trying to judge this critically it's just like a lot of things happen that like would never happen well says the guy watching (laughs) jumanji (laughs) like this the protagonist is robin williams right he's like the hero of the movie he gets like the biggest journey and the movie's really short so the emotional arcs of the other characters are super, super brief. Like you have the little, I think his name is Peter and he's processing the trauma by like not speaking. Right. He's gone totally mute, but then that just kind of goes away yeah, really just, quickly. And then, and, and then Kirsten Dunn's version of that is like her compulsive lying, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that goes away when Peter kind of nudges her, like you should stop doing that. You know? Yeah. She's like, and okay. then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's but, just, there's no through line with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are introduced without coming back to them. And it, it makes sense partially because it, things descend into such an unbelievable amount of chaos, but you still are supposed to tie up the ends once the chaos goes away. Yeah. And they kind of do. They do with not, some. It's very, yeah. So I, it's kind of a spoiler how that gets tied up, but in a non spoiler sense, the much more interesting through line is the Robin Williams, Bonnie Hunt characters. Absolutely. Their arcs. Yeah. Bonnie Hunt is, I don't want to, I don't want to skip around too much, but she is, she's the best. She's like secret, like co MVP of this movie just brings in like such an incredible energy. Whimsy. Yeah. So she's the babysitter, right? So she's coming in to babysit him. No. Oh, what? no, no, I don't. You think mean so. metaphorically? I don't think so. When they're kids? I think she's the. No, she's, <laughs> no, she's, she's the girl that he got she's in trouble She's a love interest. Yeah. No, That's yeah, why she's... these kids were after him. Because... No, they're like the same age. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was he was hanging out with her she's and her brother got mad. No, he's short. guys, he's guys. Very short. He's confused because he thought we lived together freshman year, but I was really babysitting him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I got in trouble for hanging out with you. Yeah, I got beat up. Yeah. Yeah, we were like, hey, I was riding my bike. And I got like 
just absolutely slugged across the Wait, face. We do. We have to go back to the 1960s for a second to talk about the shoe factory and talk about yeah. our guy, other co MVP, David Allen Greer yeah. in this movie. Who, so um, this this bitch ass kid, I know, gets <laughs> this man. David Allen Greer created like Jordan ones out here in 1969. It's the most 90s shoe I've ever seen in my life. Right, so it's fly, just incredible shoes, and and it gets put. Or he puts it in the fucking machine that destroys it. Yeah. And all I could think about was like, best case scenario for this man is he gets fired. Like it could be so much worse. Like, yeah, you it's the 60s do you realize, in America. Kid, what you're doing to this man, this nice man. Yeah. You fucking bitch. It's the 60s and it's a man of color in America. That's it's not the great time. And it does just uh, become another end for him to tie up later. Um, I guess one issue I had with that scene is a, I don't, this kid getting chased did not make me like him. And I think that that was, but it's not, it's, it's just like sort of a natural inclination you're supposed to have is you're supposed to like the underdog, the person getting chased. I I wasn't feeling that with this kid. He's insanely mega rich uh, and he's getting chased for hanging out with a girl, which is cool. Um, And then he goes up to his really rich dad and like, you know, he talks to a uh, soul man, which S O L E. Yeah, no, it's S O L E though, right. so it's not. It's, it's fine. It's fine because he does souls. But the, so the, he invents sneakers. The fact that he just sort of cowers away, I was like, well, th- this. I know this is just going to be a third act thing, but at the moment, I'm just like, fuck this kid. I don't like him. I, you know what I mean. At no point was I into this child. Right. I also think that he's like the worst actor in the whole thing. The kid <laughs> yeah, that plays young tough. Alan is like the performance itself does not do that any favors. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. When but, you get to the end of the movie and you get back to that actor, I was like, oh, no, no, but don't yeah, worry, like, guys. Fuck. He has that one drip of blood coming down his cheek. Yeah. So he's I was a like, somebody figure. wipe him up. What are we doing? <laughs> he's just walking around. Just it's just perfectly <laughs> sitting right there. Take a shower. Take a bath. Draw a bath. Draw a 1960s warm bath. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the only big note I really <laughs> needed to mention from this section that I wrote down is when uh, the girl says, I quit playing board games five years ago. He <laughs> wants to play Jumanji. So she stopped when she she hit the age of six and was like, Mom. Dad, I don't want to play Monopoly anymore. Like what? Wow, what, that was what was that conversation impression. like? That yeah, no. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> what was that conversation? She's just like, I'm too mature. No, no. This is what games. happened. This is the official Jumanji canon. Is uh, her family uh, played a really intense game of Monopoly that like caused her parents to like have a horrible fight five years and, ago? Yeah, yeah, and, and they, it was like divorce now. Yeah, it yeah. was like an explosive Monopoly game. Listen, and she they, was like, "I'm never touching a board game again." They wouldn't be the first parents to get divorced over Monopoly. Right. I know, Guy and I have gotten close before. Right. Well, so. I mean, luckily it wasn't Risk because I. I'm, but in, importantly, some horror stories. Like if if you've never seen this which I, I hope you do. I hope for those listening that you go and watch this movie if you haven't. But the, the, setup, the, the setup for this character is really interesting. The babysitter slash love interest that comes over. Because right here is where the kid who's playing baby Robin Williams literally gets sucked into the board game and the girl runs away. Right. So there's a lot of different ways that a children's movie could have handled this, right? Yeah. Uh, I did think in that moment, 
uh, how dare she just abandon her Dude, friend? It's a five or an eight. Like, come <laughs> on, you got this. Just fucking roll. Also, a five it's or just an eight. bats. Like, it's not like what you see later where the Man, entire house no. is engulfed in jungle. <laughs> One of the funniest line readings in the entire movie is when they move into this house, which, by the way, we're going to have to circle back to this. Why three people are buying a giant mansion? I have so many questions. Because it got about. such a good deal for no particular reason. Yeah, because yeah. twenty six years later, that house is still on the market um, with just all of their shit, just perfectly intact. Um, no, but one of the best line drinks in the movie is they go up into the attic and they see a bat there and then they like call the exterminator the next day and she just describes what the bat looks like and the exterminator says that's an African bat. You know, there was a girl who reported an African bat that looked just like that 26 <laughs> years ago. It's like, what is this man's life that he perfectly recalls? He's like, only one other person in my entire life yeah. has brought up African two bats. Two and a half decades And I ago. remember when it happened. Right. He's like, yeah, I've been doing this job for too long. I uh, I really got to change things <laughs> yeah. up. The, the CGI when Alan gets sucked in to the game really blew me away again like that's the type of shit where it, like it just doesn't look quote-unquote good you oh know? i don't i, I think that but, actually holds up kind of well yeah but it's, it's like 90s so i i watched the first half of the new jumanji the welcome to the jungle i didn't finish it i only got to like halfway through it um but they do that they when they get sucked into the game it's like it's the same type of thing, but like updated. And that one looks like quote unquote better because we have better technology to like make that look better. But the way it looks here, it's like, yeah, it doesn't have the nice like shaders and reflections and smoke effects or whatever you want, but it still impressed the hell out of me. Um, and uh, yeah, then she runs away and doesn't tell anybody. Or so you think mm -hmm. later on, I did like how that's revealed that she actually did try to. Yeah, because yeah, because it's like, well, then what? Right. What the you know, what is the course of action if a child tells you that they saw a kid disappear and you a roll a five or a six, a five or an eight, five, or, five an eight. or an eight. That's all you have to do. Um, so it's the only logical explanation. <laughs> so moving forward, I do. What do you think the process was like? Like. As someone who has been actively searching for a home in the greater Orlando area mm -hmm. now uh, for buying uh, in this economy. Um, so we think, OK, so the story goes that uh, little little Alan, his dad chopped him up into little pieces and put him in the wall. <laughs> and because of that, they just left the house as it is. Yeah. They were just like, we're not we're not taking any of their shit out. Yeah. Everything is staying pristine, just how they left it. No, no, they swept. They swept a little bit. That's like that's the legend that like the middle schoolers told each other. Like the official story is that he ran away. Okay, so okay, so he ran away. Right. So the parents eventually die at some point between uh, nineteen sixty nine, nineteen ninety five. It was ninety one. Was on the gravestone. Okay, so they died in ninety one. So fairly recently. Okay. Yeah. So that happens. Okay, that actually is even better. That's been. Then let's do the math. 22 years, 22 years. Their parents haven't moved shit. Their parents are just like, our house will stay exactly the same as it was whenever our son left. And when we die, our house will just like kind of sit here and decay away for like another four years or so until somebody eventually comes here and buys this property for what has to be insanely cheap. 
this is one adult and two children. Mm-hmm. What two, is, like, what does orphan she do? children. What does their aunt do? Do we know? Um, tables? I think it's <laughs> tables. Yeah. Um, like, she's got to be fucking loaded, man, that she just came in and bought this mansion. Like, this is even 1995. This is a million-dollar house. The well, it, is- it could have been. It could have you know, they got whatever money they got from the parents dying, you know, and the parents could have been rich. That's what, what about the shoe. Factory? So that's very true. The, yeah. That's the issue is this uh, town has gone to absolute shit. It's it's what's irresponsible is her moving them to this town in particular, just because she got a good deal on a nice house. Yeah. This town is like a fucking shithole. There's now. like literally trash cans on fire just in like the middle of the street in downtown. Right. To show it's, you that the it's town a town where shit. every resident is homeless. Also in, in New Hampshire, <laughs> if you're seeing this in New Hampshire in the 90s, it's got to be real yeah, bad. Yeah, it's got to be really fucking bad. If it looks like Hell's Kitchen in yeah. the 90s, then there's something wrong that, with the town. That, that you're scene, though, to. where like we first see the, the rundown 90s version of the town, uh, I did get some, uh, some Fisher King vibes. <laughs> I was like, is Robin about to be, are we about to enter the Robin verse right now? With him encountering his <laughs> Fisher King self, among had the you ruins. all seen this? Had you all seen this? Like when you were kids, Jumanji? Yeah, yeah, of I, course. I don't know a single person our age who had not seen this. I think I think you hadn't though, right? I didn't see it until later on. I saw Zathura before I saw Jumanji. Yeah, so and that then, was the and same. Jumanji. I didn't like. I didn't. I had no memory of any of the flashback stuff I, I can t- i can tell talking to you that you're the kind of guy that saw you're Zathura a kid. yeah you, you would be as a so zathura is is based on a book by the same author as jumanji mm-hmm. uh children's book uh which i remember reading both of those books the illustrations are beautiful very detailed illustrations so they had a lot of material to pull from for both of these movies, dog, dog shit movie. Is it there? I, I remember um, as a child, a John Favreau film. <laughs> it's, it's poop. It's poop. <laughs> it made like, it made what this movie cost to make. That is, up. that is a, a John Favreau film, right? I don't know. Is it? I, I um, genuinely, I it stars, it. uh, Josh Hutcherson. I, you know, I yeah. love that boy. Though. Dax Shepard, Chris. Oh, wait, Kristen Stewart. I thought it was yeah, Kristen, Kristen Bell for a Bell. second. No, it's like child Kristen Stewart. Um, sorry, Zathura Colwyn, a space adventure. Oh yeah, please don't forget. Don't forget and it is a John Favreau film. But it it is what I wanted from like a spiritual sequel to Jumanji. Yeah, like space, like this, space Jumanji. Well, like the the same sort of thing, not just space, the same sort of thing, but like space or fantasy or something else, right? The like, well, one thing that I I liked about it that I expected when i saw jumanji eventually was that it t- actually takes you somewhere else jumanji doesn't right J- jumanji's just in their in their town it brings the jungle well, to yo, the hold city. on hold on they go to the the store what's the store called <laughs> uh, uh sir, sir saves, saves a lot, a lot. Sir, yeah sir saves go. a lot so don't you dare forget sir saves that a lot. has to be the same store that <laughs> I, um nick cage ran through in raising arizona yeah. <laughs> so it's like so sir saves a lot is a cross between i would say like a Toys R Us and a Dick's Sporting Goods and also Costco yeah. and Disney World size. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking massive. Family, a little family dollar you energy. Could ever possibly want we'll, is in the store. We'll, we'll get to save a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of thoughts on that. One thing, again, I only saw like the first half, but one thing I did appreciate about the, the remake, reboot, requel, whatever shit is that they go into the game and you see the inside of the game. Like, 
all you see from that's what I meant is yeah. I, I was like I was watching this and even rewatching it I had forgotten that they don't ever enter the game mm-hmm. right um yeah that's, Robin's that's the fascinating only one that's pretty inside. crazy yeah in in the in the the rock heart black situation um it is pretty cool how like you are welcomed into the jungle yeah uh, it is pretty games. epic um this is just in terms of I, i'm gonna keep coming back to this but that this game has rules right and yeah. this is part of the scope of the rules so later in this episode we're gonna come back to this but i want to talk about what we might have done in this situation like hey a similar situation. that's that's a segment so, for our robin yeah uh, apps yeah he knows the cage gories um okay so i think the the next like big note that we have to talk about we mentioned this but like the arrival of robin like that's like mm. the that might be i think there's another moment towards the end that is like in contention for my favorite moment of the movie but when robin comes in to the action it is electric so it's so it's bats and then lion yeah which by the way which by the way uh kirsten dunst acting when she sees the lion is some of the best acting in the whole movie like (laughs) i love her performance in that scene like i bought it i was like damn this girl is killing it they get they get the mosquito they get the mosquitoes uh, and then they get the lion, I believe. That's right. Yeah, mosquitoes. Yeah, because they, they take. They, well, no, they technically take three turns. So, oh, it's the monkeys. <laughs> right. Monkey. Yeah, we can't forget, guys. Don't monkeys. forget the monkeys. Fuck those monkeys. The monkeys. They're just monkeys. They're actually a cab. So the monkeys are kind of chill. Yeah. Um, Planet of the Apes, dude. <laughs> they turn that city into like like Portland demilitarized zone. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, yeah, I kept thinking about that because. Uh, the end of this movie like scrubs all that away, right? Like this right. town like gets leveled essentially by like elephants, <laughs> and then they're just like they just undo it. Yeah, they undo they and they. David Unger gets I, to make his shoe, and then the shoe wait, factory no, we saved, have and to, then the town is. Yeah, I have like I have like a whole thing about the ending of this movie because right, okay. the ending of this movie is like it's been kind of melting my brain since <laughs> yeah, I rewatched this. Movie. We'll get we'll like, get there. I have so many fucking questions about the end of this movie. But- so, so Robin comes in. I think his first line is, "Somebody roll a five or an eight. <laughs> yes, that's, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's See, like you shit. know, you know, those words have been like stuck in his head for twenty six years. Yeah, but I, I'm surprised he's not. You know, he comes back and he he kind of the performance. He's like in and out of this Bushman thing. But if yeah. you were gone for that long, he would not know how to speak English anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. His brain would be totally fried, right? Well, well, no, because we find out there is that hunter guy that comes out of the game. Do you think so there, there are, more are people? Yeah, there well, there, it's NPCs. You're right. I do like that there, there's a line during during the sequence, or maybe it's a little later where he's explaining to Peter, like I'm when he's when Peter's trying to do the reverse psychology and he's like, You don't know fear. Like the things that I've seen in the depths <laughs> yeah. of the jungle, like so you know he probably saw all kinds of crazy fucking shit that we didn't. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure that that throughout the existence of the game, other humans have been sucked in. But oh the, yeah, that's a good point. Like, are there, the is there a civilization? The hunter to me read as an NPC. Yes, you know, especially because well, like I, like I said, I did watch the new movie, and that's a whole element of the new movie. It's also like I mean. 
it's even more so that's an NPC. It's more so important to me that it is. I mean, we I guess we can talk about it now, but it's oh, the his actor. dad. It's the his same actor. dad plays Van uh, Van Pelt. It's the same actor. And that's not yeah. accidental. It's because it's like the embodiment of his fears and like chasing him to make him go to this boarding yeah. school. What actually caused him to play this game in the fucking first place? Yeah. Right. So this, it, this game is like a sick psychological yeah, game. In psychological addition, warfare. In addition yeah. to introducing you to uh, physical horrors beyond your right. comprehension. Every character in Jumanji is played by his dad. <laughs> he is surrounded by his dad. He has to, if he's horny, he has to fucking... <laughs> Dude, I, okay, no, so I don't... Not getting to that part of it, but like... At what point? It's 26 years in there. He went in when he was 11. He's oh, been, he's a virgin. He's been, well, yeah. What the I, fuck, Ernie? Yeah, he's been double, like two thirds, over two thirds of his life in this jungle world. Right. At what point does shit get weird? <laughs> I mean, there's some good gorillas out there. I don't know, man. You see those CGI monkeys and you're like, hey, girl, what are we doing? Yeah, are you stuck on him fucking on? in the jungle? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering what, like, there, I can't yeah. imagine. Like, if we're gonna talk right. about like who you could be in this universe, and I just want to like see this man existing in like year fourteen of being in the jungle. Right. Like, what is that life? This, like? yeah, this is a huge. Like, thinking about there's so many little things that resonated with me as a kid, and that's one of the things. Like, what the fuck was he up to? First of all. Like he survived, like he fucking made it for so yeah. long in like the most dangerous shit ever. So he he comes back and you you're you're convinced that he's going to be able to help save these kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's he's equipped to actually make it through this board game. Well, and that's why he's actually a lot less silly in this movie than he is in some others that we've seen recently. Right. Because he, point. yeah, he is like utilitarian in purpose to these children. Mm -hmm. Like, right, he his is, silliness comes more from the fact that he has had to live in the jungle yeah not but, from and, just but he doesn't because but if if they wanted to they could give robin time to just like be a kid Riff. and it'd be yeah funny. they could but give like, a kid brain this and movie wants to be tight and it wants to they stick can't, to its purpose well also yeah. we've seen what happens when robin goes full kid brain we're gonna get to jack. that very shortly with jack oh geez when it's what if robin williams actually did have the brain of a child <laughs> okay. simple alan um <laughs> his acting during that intro scene is phenomenal mm -hmm. when he starts to realize because he's like he's calling around like mom dad i'm home i'm back i'm back i'm home i and i really then, yeah i, I want to acknowledge that i'm coming back to this again like this is a true adventure movie and it's all accomplished in this little town like, yeah they, they didn't need to go to the forest i think it would have been a totally different worse movie if they had been transported to the forest. Well, I one of my favorite parts of the movie is how the house becomes the forest. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like that's that's the spirit of the book. Like and there's remembering some, that that little must have been what 30 page book that this is based on. There's that's the, what happens. That's where a lot of the budget goes to as yeah. well. Is because that's there's a lot of that's like a real set. Oh, and it's like I it looks it looks really good. Incredible so when, sets. When he comes, when he comes back, or anyway, you're talking about, you know, he's looking for his parents. I mean, great emotional beats yeah. throughout the movie, like spread out like that. I love that for his performance too. But you get the monkeys, which fucking throw you off because they look like uh they look like shit. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, but they got but, shotgun, so yeah. <laughs> they shoot the, shotgun. They have a shotgun. 
the practical effects are really fucking good. They like mm-hmm. look real, like especially when he's holding back the lion and the lion's on the other side of the door and you can see the claws coming through. Yeah. It all looks legit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just looked over. I just <laughs> unplugged my headphones. Yeah, I had no clue what you were doing. Um, yeah. No, that's right. I mean, this is during a period where like, every movie was jumping the gun getting too psyched for the future of cg when they really the thing is with monkeys it's a lot harder to go practical you can't you'd have to put a bunch of little guys in suits yeah um which other movies did opt to do around this movie that's Uh, that's the thing that that with the kid the kid is a monkey he should have just played all the parts yeah just just let him do everything no like oompa loompa style yeah it does suck that they don't do more practical stuff because i think the practical stuff does just look awesome like the I'm thinking specifically of the plant that you see that like the vine comes yeah. out of it. And it's like it pulling flips the kid every it. other it's, shot is practical versus CGI. It like switches back and forth. Yeah, right? and a lot of that like looks really cool. A lot of the stuff looks like the plant thing. I mean, shit, like the old um uh I can't remember the year of it, but the little shop of horrors that um live action movie kind of really showcase like the best possible version of a puppet plant and this kind of takes that and puts even more of a budget on it because i think the plants just the shrubbery in general that's live action looks fucking great it all looks beautiful Mm, i I would would you live in this house like minus the Uh, alligators minus the plants that can't actually kill you you can't minus out things that are in the so house. they're in the house there's definitely a lion in the guest bed right yes like at all times yeah but that means no you don't have to invite it don't have to invite the in-laws <laughs> i did like the insect that was trying to get through the glass that was pretty chill i think i'd be okay mm-hmm. with that one one that i'm absolutely not scared of is those dinky ass spiders dude that was so cool like they were just trying to walk like, around. Stop motion they're just walking almost. around. They're, they're like, literally hey, just, guys, they're like, walking around. they're walking like in place. Yeah. They're just <laughs> having strings pulled on each yeah. other. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, get the axe. Yeah. Axe go get the axe. Like, I mean, no, while they're just like, walking you, around. Also, you, you could, could just step them. on that. Yeah. Like bitch. they're still spy. I know they're like big spiders, but like, just like, it has well, no, so, so, all right. I wouldn't be living in this house by myself. I'd be living with Lee. And there would be no stomping of any creatures. <laughs> That's true. You so have to get my, like a glass and like just. My house is things. already halfway there to being overcome <laughs> with plants. Like d- when we get the shot of like the full overgrown house, I was like, this is my future. Mm-hmm. And Lee was like, oh, yeah, you better. It's you either betcha. it's either this or it's Fern Gully. And the, the decision is up to America. Well, Fern Gully's different because Fern Gully, you get small. This is this is the forest coming into go, our go to jungle, our size. <laughs> We're not getting small. Go to jungle. beach, get old. Go to jungle, get small. <laughs> it's it's a completely different thing where it's like, all right, here I am in my space, and the jungle surrounds the space. Versus, mm-hmm. I go small and then go in the jungle. So, um, he goes outside immediately encounters David Allen Greer, who, because losing his job as the soul man, has become a police officer. Thanks a lot, Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, David Allen Greer is, I think, the best part of the movie. 
Um, yeah, perfect he, balance of energy. Man, he's, he's, the, he's definitely the funniest part of the movie. He's yeah. such a devoted cop. He just wants to do his job. Like literally, like the end of days, the rapture is happening around him. And he's just like, there's a suspicious individual at the old parish house. I got to go down there. And he's just driving his car. His just car. Completely so he <laughs> incredible bit. Assumingly, just, he so his car, the monkeys get into his car and drive it off, but he doesn't see the monkey part. Right. So to his knowledge, his car malfunctioned and drove off and crashed itself. And he gets right back in it when he finds it. <laughs> and he's like, I got to get back to that caveman guy. That was crazy. Um, I love how there's just like two streets in this whole town. Yeah, it's it's at very, any point it's any very straightforward just town. find no, the other one. No, there's three. There's Main Street, Parish Street, and then just Country Road. Right. <laughs> those are the three. Those are the three spots where we have. Yeah. Um. I also love how um Monkey just knows how to operate a uh, heavy vehicle. <laughs> These monkeys are pieces of shit. They're they're. You know, they're bots. They're NPC monkeys. Yeah. They can do whatever they're programmed to do. Yeah. In, in other children's movies, you might have had, like, you know, the, the kids see the monkeys doing all this shit. They see all this wacky stuff, and the adults never see it. So, like, they would never believe the kids, right? That's yeah, what you might expect subplot. to happen. But this movie handles it in, like, a totally different way that leaves you... I know you're talking about how you have questions, Hunter, like, later on. like, <laughs> But it starts with, like, the next character we meet, which is Sarah who is one of my favorites in this Bonnie played by Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. It's Wait, a great how, introduction. Real quick, before we get to Sarah, just write one real quick thing. And then I, I love Bonnie Hunt. So I'm excited to talk about her. But first we go to the rundown shoe factory, which once again, just left just the same way as it was 26 they just, years ago. They just ago. walked out. Of they just bitch. left all the shoes, all the machinery. Yeah. It's just sitting there. That's prime real estate too. Yeah. Like a not, in big this, ass not in this building. shit whole town. <laughs> And, well, and then there he, are a bunch of bums like burning trash and yeah. trash cans and there like is, they're on the set of rent. And there uh, is also outside, just but, one guy just living up in the office. No, that's yeah. my well, that's the, the Fisher guy, King. Yeah, he's he is <laughs> such thought, an interesting character. So he's where he, what happens to him? I don't know. He just goes away. He, he definitely just, had another. So they go up. He, he provides a lot of exposition really, really up front. He you know, he's just met a caveman and some children and he's like. He's like, man, you want a coffee? <laughs> he's he's so accommodating and friendly to them. Well, he just Robin, gives him his clothes. <laughs> is Robin in beard mode during that yeah. scene? I think yes. he's shaven. Or, no, he's still he's still yeah, completely he's, bushman because he hasn't oh, gotten the clothes with the yet. turtle with the turtle backpack. Yeah, because he yeah. has on like a grass loincloth <laughs> is like the only thing that's covered, and that's why he gets offered like some clothes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it, that it was Robin's like note for how he wanted to dress? Like, yes. did he have yeah. input in his costume? He, well, he's like, films are actively trying to hide how hairy I am. <laughs> and I will not let Jumanji. Like, this is where my bushy ass yeah. forearms also, come to live. Also, he definitely grew out his beard, right? Or is that, is that I, a fake I th beard? I thought how real that beard looked also. Yeah, I think they definitely shot all those scenes first and then he shaved. I, it would it depends on what his shooting schedule was like for everything else because he was a busy man you, you can't you can't do that if you're shooting anything else right um because I, I think that beard takes a minute there's for a situation like this you might expect some character to recognize like that guy is basically like the bird lady in home alone or like gandalf where they, they they're just like a side character but they know things yeah. yeah, I was expecting that guy to know that that was Alan just by fucking looking at him. 
like he's like you know jesus has returned to the shoe factory like that yeah. was uh, the movie could have went in that direction where he takes over the shoe factory again <laughs> he's just sort of nonplussed and that's i think that is really why this movie ends up working so well for me is because the outside world is insane too like every person every adult living in this world is so fucking ridiculous um that they take things so in stride there's no like there's there's hardly like a wait a minute it's just like oh there was a big stampede and like monkeys are taking over the state we gotta we gotta get in there and steal some electronics right now yeah that works because it's i would do that (laughs) (laughs) i think that works because everybody's on board and they're not trying to hide it but also the movie's zero to a hundred so like you'd expect you'd expect the cop to be like, why is my car driving away? But it's just no, happening so exactly. quickly. That, and that's that's the exact right move to take. I don't want a bunch of adults trying to like litigate what's happening. That's that would be too you don't, much. You don't want them to like have like a nice like emergency town meeting and discuss like <laughs> what we're gonna do about these the stampede. I will say, and um FBI CSI CSA, uh listen, listen in real close right now, what I'm about to say. If there's ever a stampede in Orlando, I'm looting immediately. Mm-hmm. Like before right. I check and see on One my loved ones, my family. If yeah, why I are you see, looting? If I see an elephant going down Colonial, that's it. Like I'm I'm going yeah. to Best Buy. I'm grabbing all the blues. Yeah. The, the, the thing about how sprawled out the city is, though, is like if you see an elephant on this side of town mm-hmm. and you start looting Best Buy, <laughs> yeah. like they'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I'll be like, no, an dude. Elephant? I, I saw, an, an, I saw an elephant on Edgewater. You guys, it's crazy. <laughs> They'll be like, ah, I You're guess under arrest. I guess we give you the right to loot now. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. He saw an elephant, guys. I, I mean, what are you gonna do? Hunter, give him Hunter's going. He's gonna do it though. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I'm looting. Um, but getting back to Bonnie Hunt, that is why she was a fucking delight for me because she, she brings this like silliness that robin isn't quite allowed to bring to the movie yes david Allen greer does too but he is like he's e- even more acknowledging that something weird is going on at a certain point he 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 gets great reaction shots of just like ah! you know he's yeah. like what and they're always but, good you're never like no your yeah. ass he's, he's fucking funny yeah. man he i mean you know he's a seasoned yeah. actor at this point he's been in a billion comedy when sarah's character comes into the story back into the story before we even see the adult version with with bonnie that was when I kind of perked up in a little bit. And I was like, whoa, this is a great choice. I forgot yes. that, that this movie made this choice because I just assumed with the initial setup that that character was never going to return. I didn't remember that part of the movie. And, and I was like, oh, this is great that she still is in the game. She's still she has, her pieces yeah. on the board. She and has she's to very, be there. And she's very, yeah, she's very additive like that. She's additive to the puzzle of the movie in that way but also she's additive to the vibe because a lot of it's in her acting choices and and in the way it's written she's just like become like sort of like an astrology cutie yeah she i mean she has she's a psychic <laughs> she's just she like a, literally a, she, has a line where she's just like oh it's like such libra energy yeah. <laughs> like yeah. um she's just become like oh man of, really ahead of its like, time kind of like, just like a weirdo from all this insane uh, do, trauma she went so through. just just gonna quick tangent here do we think that bonnie hunt's character she has a chance to go start over and like just really recreate her life does she create co-star co-star great what is co-star co-star the the astrology app 
Oh, Kosar. Yeah. No. Sorry, I'm yeah, not a fucking Aries. I don't. Although think, I am an yeah, Aries. You are, what are you? <laughs> I'm a total Aries that doesn't give a shit about astrology. <laughs> to- classic Aries over here. Um. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> she she has this weird whimsy to her where you don't you're not looking for an insane like weighty moment of her being like Alan like there's you know like in the tears flow there isn't like an appropriate reaction from her and then she you know you get into just like what she's become instead of like having her entire earth shaken up again she definitely does not want to fuck with them and she does not want to play with them which makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. and this starts a really really great comedic run I, I would say begins the moment she passes out and the boys like we killed her and then and then cuts her, her them just carrying her that starts a, a run of like what i would call great movie yeah. like for maybe like 45 minutes after that like yeah, it, have, it, yeah you, you have really great motivations for her and she answers in the script she like answers some of the main questions you might have she's like yeah when you when you disappeared i told the cops that you disappeared into a board game and yeah, nobody it's like fucking so fucking me. what yeah right. exactly yeah. Um, she got put on meds. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she like, I need my dosage checked. I do. I will say, um, because she's like very, she's like gets very like aggro against Robin Williams. Like, I was alone for twenty six years. Robin Williams is like, I was also alone. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, you were alone. Like, like metaphorically and yeah. emotionally, I was literally in the jungle yeah, fighting Robin... for my life every night. Like this is yeah, not. She quite tries the to same. like sort of equate what they both <laughs> yeah, been through. It's like I don't, but... not, 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 not quite, not quite. That is, that, but... that is one of my favorite moments because I, I, at first I was on your side. I'm like, yeah, clearly Robin had it worse. Like he was in the fucking jungle, which he he did sort of. But the way that they perform that and like talk to each other about it. I'm like, yeah, okay. They're a little bit even here because, yeah, her life has probably been like hell since. Well, then. it's also yeah. the the only way to make their eventual re- relationship not that weird is to make it very clear that she has been stunted in the exact same way as him. Like mm. she is, Bonnie Hunt is acting like a kid. Yeah, like, she she's like she's never a child. Yeah, she never grew up yeah. past this point of being 11 years old because she got gaslit by everyone in her life that what she saw did not actually happen. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it. It makes a lot of sense, and it it makes things a lot less uh, creepy when they could be. Um, I cre- less creepy. I there is some there is some weirdness there. I mean, on sure. both sides a little bit. Um, but for a kids movie, I I like what they did. They made it so they're just still kids instead of becoming. She's you know she's an adult and she's like, oh, I'm a librarian now, and I'm very serious. <laughs> you know, she's just still like a silly goose. So they they get her to start playing the game again. Then we get this next stretch of the movie where it's like, boom, beat after beat after beat of rounds of the game and more shit going down with each round that escalates the situation. Um, I really like, oh, well, at this point, the the hunter guy. Yeah, we we meet Van Pelt at this point. So so that this guy has a fucking uh, what is that? A blunderbuss? (laughs) Yeah. Just a blunderbuss, but like incredible range on this yeah, thing. Like, yeah, just just absolutely wrecking. Um, I did like there. I I'm trying to remember exactly when it happens, but Robin whips out his sword fighting skills from the set of Hook. 
Hell yeah. There's mm. like a quick. Yeah. What? Who does he sword fight? Do you remember? No. Yeah. He, so he grabs. It's it's when the vine is holding on to Peter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh, he and he has to cut the vine. That's he apologizes to like his great grandfather Parrish because he needs to use his like colonial blade. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Let, I, yeah. That, that the origins of this family's wealth may, may go a little beyond the shoe factory. <laughs> yeah. <I don't>, uh, <laughs> really well, weird, weird vibes a, coming from dad. There is a statue that is eventually being like, you know, like just like degraded out in the right. town square. Is this like a. All right. Is this like a. Dark Confederate town. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to in in New Hampshire. I don't know. I don't know, man. There might be a something Confederate weird. Confederate town in New Hampshire. Look, I don't know. I'm just, back when it I'm, was Old Hampshire. I'm questioning. <laughs> I'm questioning the motivations of the Parish family. Okay. I didn't want to go here, but I read like a theory on Reddit, which is like a primary source. Yeah. About <laughs> how Jumanji was peer-reviewed. Yeah, Jumanji was created to like punish white slave owners <laughs> by like, because it's like clearly, I, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it was, it was like an, it's an African game. It is. But it's, it, it, it's in English on the front. It's in English. You know, it says Jumanji like in English. Yeah. Right. It only so subjects white people to it. Right. Well, yeah. I don't I mean, know. David Allen Greer, like he's kind tangentially of is kind of He didn't roll the dice. Yeah, but he would he never, never play. Dice. He'd be like, fuck that I don't that know. Shit. His life. <laughs> kind of gets ruined by these fucking monkeys that these kids created. So they didn't create them. Well, they, they came out of the they world. They fabricated them from this fucking book. Right. Um, okay. So then we get um a lot of just what I would call fun kids movie action. Yeah. Get Pelican Steel's book, yeah, gotta chase after book. And, and like you said, Brett, it's a zero to a hundred thing. Like things just start happening. Once yeah. they start playing, it's just like, okay, here's a movie. Like, and how do we get to this to the to the store? How do, how does how do they go from the from the house to the store? Because that that no. So what happens? Uh, okay, so here's so I, the book I, I gets, was, uh, my brain was spiraling. So book gets stolen by the pelican, and then they're the like pelican. kind of they have to chase him down. We have that moment where um, what's the kid's name? Peter like saves the book just incredible athleticism on this guy he got like a perfect angle to know like where the book is flowing down the river like just great job great pursuit by that kid okay um then van pelt is like hunting them down in the woods uh eventually like is able to get to them he gets the book first because they like work their way back in town right because there's alan, only one street there's alan one gets street. Ar- <laughs> alan gets arrested they get separated because carl right. arrests there alan. you go arrested yeah. by like purposefully arresting himself so that because he knows van pelt is like actively shooting at him yeah and then and, he- then, and then miraculously at that exact same moment there is a mysterious 911 911 call uh, that is reporting a disturbance involving a woman and two children at the store mm-hmm. so that he can hear it and knows that he has to go there. Okay. What do you think about, so right at, during that sequence, right before that, what do you think about Van Pelt going to the gun store? I a sequence <laughs> of him. I, I really, really love it because it's so stupid. He um, just has coins. He has like ten. And he has coins. So yeah, coins, and they're like locked I know, the front it's, door. Yeah, it's like grenade launchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's a dumb kids movie thing, though. Where if you're, you know, your kid, yeah, he goes in there and he, you're just left to assume that this gun store uh, clerk knows the value of those coins, which right. are doubloons. You know, nondescript. And well, he's I like, mean, oh, they're Jumanji fuck, coins. I I should give this guy a fucking bazooka <laughs> i should give this guy just like the nicest a I, I, I like that scene 
I, I like how Van Pelt holds up the bullet and he's like, I need more of these. And the guy's like, man, we haven't made those since 1903. <laughs> I, know, I know. Pulls the date like just right off the top. It's the same like, energy as the guy who's like, we haven't seen that of African bat here since 1969. Yeah. It's like, what is, I don't want to play anybody in trivia from this town because their, their recall is insane. Yeah, especially when it comes to weapons. <laughs> yeah. So then one of my favorite moments in the movie happens where Robin uh, drives a car through this uh, the the front window of this store and he definitely like murders multiple people <laughs> yeah in the way of this car as he crashes through it, this is just such a great like coalescing of events that go on at the store. I genuinely loved everything that happened here. It, yeah. It's so much fun because right before that you you do get. A, you know some character stuff you get he knows you know that it's alan at that point david alan greer is convinced that it's alan which is like a big yeah. again it's david alan greer is also like a child basically which for sure yeah which is why he's more willing to also, believe something like that some, also uh, just just one quick thing i love the just the shots of them driving where he's handcuffed because he handcuffs him to the door and then robin williams here is like oh no we have to go to the store together and you're my only ride but i already threw the keys like into the bushes so like yeah. scoot over buddy i'm gonna drive As this so handcuffed yeah. to the door I, I really like like they really I love how they close out some of these like random little tangent points. Like when they do finally get to the store and Carl still has his handcuffs. So he like finds a saw obviously in this like yeah. Walmart. Just right next store. to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to, to shout out from it, there's a lot of chaos happening here. There's, there's so much packed into this little sequence. Uh, it, Little little Petey builds like uh, I, like no, it's rocket? like it's like a Home Alone style yeah. contraption. But he comes up with this in like ninety seconds. He's like, all right, right, there's two like gas tanks, and then I'm gonna chop this down on these surfboards to go flying over yeah. with these wheels. Insane the, what he contract what he the contraption that he came up with. The moment where the the hunter guy like slips. That that was like Zillennial canon being birthed. That was like an early Zillennial canon moment where he's like, whoa, I'm slipping on this green substance. Whoa. There's a lot of like there. This movie is kind of the birth of Zillennial canon. A little in a bit, lot of ways. Yeah. Like so much of this movie is just so like kind of goes on to define like half of decoms are from something in this movie. Um yeah, just department stores in general. That's yeah. that's my favorite. This is my favorite scene of the movie is everything that happens in the department store. It's just like a kid's dream of like, I just want to like, I want chaos to ensue in a department store. And I want there to be a bad guy that I have to like push a wall of paint onto. Like, that's just, it's perfect. The, the fact that that man was not killed by like 90 gallons I mean, of paint. Were he a man? He probably would have been killed. Right. But he is, he is no, he is from another realm. Mm -hmm. He's from the jungles of Jumanji. Yeah, that all owns uh, one shift that happens here is uh, Kirsten Dunst becomes basically like a non-factor throughout uh, this chunk of the movie. Just uh, along for the ride. Well, it's 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 because they're really trying to shoehorn in this uh, Alan growth where he like refuses to congratulate Peter for doing all this insanely cool shit. Yeah. Um, which is it feels so shoehorned. It's insane. Um, 
the the initial beat like yeah, it's just like a daddy issue well it's just the initial beat of it just like doesn't even play because you're just like what where he like where he climbs the you know on the branch yeah. and grabs the thing and then there's just this weird and everybody's like great job here great job peter and robin williams just like turns around and you're like what okay. <laughs> the fuck is that and then, yeah what one of the quotes I wrote down there when he he says 26 years in the jungle and I still became my father. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a, that's in a kid's movie, dude. Think about I it. think, I think um, uh, that's another thing that Robin carried over from hook. He was like, look, I need a lot more daddy issues. Dude. And that's, not enough daddy issues. That's the thing in a lot of these movies, toys. There's yeah. some daddy issues in toys. I think that Robin Williams is just trying to exercise some demons on screen and listen, honey, we're here for it. Sure We've thing. all got some daddy issues sure of thing. our own. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's um, it's not given enough actual time for it to actually feel meaningful, at least for me, just because it's so like, the, okay, this is the one moment where we're going to address this and then we're moving on. Because they the movie has a lot of shit to do. Like the, there's this mo- movie has an insane amount of plot to get through. And it's... As a result, it's not very interested in interrogating uh, the fact that these children's father... Your parents both just died uh, at all. And so instead it, it opts to go this route yeah. because Alan is after all supposed to be our protagonist. Um, so it makes sense that it's right. in here. Um, let's try to power through the last bit of the movie and then we can get to the categories. So basically they get back to the house to finish the game. Um, more rounds, more rolls. The aunt comes back. Um, we get Sorta. one of my favorite moments in the whole movie where like, everything becomes overgrown and then a monsoon hits mm-hmm. yeah which like little rain never is, hurt anyone but a that lot of rain is hits. good shit that is some good movie making right there um ernie you mentioned this earlier but that the house set like in that final act of the movie looks amazing yeah i love the shit out of it when it's not only when it's all overgrown that's amazing uh but then when it starts to like break apart too it's like damn they went for it. So let's go ahead and talk about it now because we we haven't really talked about him yet. But this is kind of a good part, a good portion of this discussion to talk about Joe Johnson. Yeah, because this man was like he's kind of a legend for like kids movies. Low low key he, like legendary auteur. He, so it started with he directed Honey I Shrunk the Kids in 1989. Well, Rocketeer was before that. That no, was Ro- the- Rocketeer is 91. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is 89. Oh, I, I love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah that Me movie too. rips. Yes. Absolutely rocks. That, that was like my kind of fantasy movie when I was a kid. He did October Sky. Yeah, so he did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 89. The Rocketeer, 1991. He directed, co-directed The Page Bastard, which was always one of my favorite movies as an adult or as a kid. Um, he did like, he directed all the live action sequences in Page Bastard. Then Jumanji, 95. October Sky ninety nine, and then um, then things kind of went downhill. Yeah. Then uh, he was like, <laughs> they were like, we're gonna, you know, this guy's like pretty much the next Spielberg. Yeah. And so let's give him Jurassic Park three two thousand one. Yeah. Not so much. Um, Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Dude, Hidalgo. It's it's Vigo Mortensen is like you just starred. In the Academy Award winning Lord of the Rings trilogy, what will you do next? They're like, uh, well, they're like I, I'm hey, Vigo, you're obviously going to keep the facial hair, right? It makes you look like a human being. Yeah. He's like, no, I think I'm going to shave and look like a freak the rest of my life. Thanks. 
Um, <laughs> then he makes The Wolfman in 2010. Oh, I want to um, see that so bad. Benicio del Toro as the Wolfman. He Hell is the yes. yeah. That that's a cool idea. I want to see it. Don't I've never heard a single take about this movie, so I don't know. Then Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. Harry um, Harry's favorite Marvel movie. Friend of the pod, Harry loves that movie. I think it's kind of a mids Marvel movie, to be honest. It is a um, Joe Johnston movie, though. Like if you watch that movie, you can find a lot of the same sort of energy that you find in Jumanji. You know, that's sort of like heightened you know, sort of, I don't know, the movie, the movie moviness of it. Do you think that like his original idea for whenever like Cap comes out, like scrawny Cap goes to buff Cap and they're like, now cover him in hair. Yeah. Cover him in hair and give him a grass loincloth. What year is it? Um, So Captain America, the first Avenger, not safe for work, which I don't know what that is. Uh, Lumen, a TV movie, and the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Yo, the I refuse. Realms, that's not dude. a real movie. That's not a real movie. I don't care. That movie doesn't exist. And yeah, like it really. The did you see what his next movie? The new millennia to be? did not go well for him. Uh, well, he's slated to make Chronicles of Narnia: The Silver Chair. And also, shrunk dude. He's coming shrunk. back to where it all started. Yeah, the remake for it. the reboot of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, just known as Shrunk. Yeah, that's cool. Coming to Sounds Disney good. Plus. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, like this that is, run, this that is ten year run is insane. Movie. If they don't do practical effects for that movie, I'm gonna fucking kill my like I'm not shrunk. What if they like, bring back actually, the I know they're just gonna do it in like people. a giant studio with a blue screen. Yeah. And I'm gonna be sad. Probably gonna be because it's gonna look really good, but I, I was not gonna, you know, I want the blade of grass to look like as yeah, so you, you, yeah. you want like like whose line is it anyway style the props. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Literally, yes. Uh, that like I didn't like that movie because I was fully immersed in I liked it because it was funny to look at. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very fun movie to look at. No, but like Joe Johnson like directs the fucking hell out of this movie. Like yeah. this movie is so much it, this movie was like in the wrong hands. This could kind of fall apart despite the good aspects of this movie. Yeah. He does kind of hold things together aspects like story beats and trying to like cram in emotional. I don't, I don't put that on Joe Johnson. He's not a writer. Um, Yeah. Also we don't, we're not fucking around with Jurassic park budget and we have a lot of animals to animate. So like, yeah. Also, it's based on a children's book and it's a movie for children. So I think he does a pretty exemplary job at making a kid's movie mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like it's for babies. Yeah, you know, it, like it you could actually like watch it, it and enjoy it. When things get wild, it becomes like just broad fun comedy. Because yeah. like we said earlier, uh, it's a, a lot of it is visual based and that's timeless and like it's mindlessly funny in a good way, not in a like derogatory way. It's just naturally funny. Um, the issues with the movie are, yeah, they're in like the script it's, yeah. and it's not, I don't care about the, like, you know, plot holes or like inconsistencies. That's not the issue. It's really a matter of pacing and timing for me where it's, it's just bizarrely done. Uh, when they, when Bonnie Height Hunt finally joins them and agrees to play and they sit down to play, I feel like we're almost an hour in and that is too yeah. far in, I right. think to get to what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. And I know you want to applaud uh, the patience in the storytelling. And I would, however, then the rest of the movie should take its time too, because yeah. I feel like we rush through what's supposed to be the best part. And if that part was longer as well, then the ratio wouldn't feel so wrong, but it feels like the ratio is just totally off here. Yeah. 
when I th- when I would think about this movie, like prior to this most recent watch through, I would kind of rack my brain for what was like what happened in like the second half of the movie. But then watching it now, I'm realizing there wasn't more stuff. It yeah. just was a really small amount of things that actually happened. Yeah, and the and the like the payoff, the chaos is so good. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's really really well executed, and that's when a lot of movies like this actually falter. It's just weird that they chose to make it so short when they took so much time establishing right. the world. That doesn't make any sense to me, unless they ran into budget concerns or like reshoot problems, stuff like that. I don't believe so. No, I think it was just a matter of just like they went as far as they thought they could with such a small source material like that yeah. book is very short I think, I think that that's kind of what we're i think that's really where the line is is that at the end of the day yeah like this is source material but because like you said it's like 30 pages you are just really having to brush with broad strokes here to like make a story out of this book i you know it's funny while watching this movie i kept just like saying to myself like if i'm there if i'm part of this game right now we are speed going through this game i want to wrap this game up in 15 minutes like no breaks yeah. we're gonna like chaos and so around us let's just keep fucking let's going go. let's get done with this but like they roll they like have one yeah. turn and then they're like let's go explore the consequences of that turn for the next two yeah. hours the un then- <laughs> the unbelievable amount of times that someone accidentally rolls in this game in right. this movie or is tricked into rolling is incredible right. yeah it, or 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 where they <laughs> I keep thinking about the moment where he's like stuck. He gets like quicksanded into the floorboard. Oh, so just cool. put him in your mouth. Stuck. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I think that's what makes this movie like really uh, kind of stand out from otherwise just being something that's lost to time is that it has enough of these little things that like, whoa, that's a really unique thing mm. that they put thought into yeah, to kind it of has build a, out this idea it has an internal logic to it and that's yeah. why i i really i don't think it's a matter of like a lo- that's all movie making stuff and so i feel like you could come up with more to flesh out making maybe a two-hour movie maybe a little shorter than two hours well i mean do you go into the game no like you just do more soon? of what they were doing you just have more roles and, I- and make up more like little little mini quests to go down but i mean do you think at a certain point it does kind of reach like law of diminishing returns here like at what point is it just like it i think oh my god let's finish up i think we had two more solid scenes in us before it hit that point in this movie because we waited a long time to get to it i don't know the more and more i think about i know i so i do have a problem i think that the first 20 really up until i wouldn't even say 29 minutes till robin shows up i think the first 20 to 22 minutes until we get to 1995 that takes too long to get there yeah but once we get to 1995 i think the movie locks in and i'm like pretty much in for the last 80 minutes or so of this movie i think you needed more of a of a big bad i think the the pelt hunter guy could have been a little bit more menacing maybe you throw in a bit of a of a bigger menacing jungle creature well, I think so. This was I was gonna bring this up whenever we got to the cage quarries, but we can talk about it now. So, do we think because the whole thing Van Pelt is played by Jonathan Hyde, the same person who plays Alan Parrish's dad? 
So, like, they had to have addressed that at some in some earlier version of the script, That's in some correct. earlier version guy. of the movie. Yeah, they yeah. had to talk about that because there's not a but single line about it. There's right. no line. It's just that they are so played by the same character. It's kind of a wasted character. opportunity. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that that's. I don't even think that he needs to be a big bad, but I almost feel like they needed something more to do with that character. I don't know if you want to paint him as like a sympathetic character. I don't know if you want to lead to like Robin Williams giving some kind of like movieification speech about like, I realize you're actually the manifestation of all of my hate <laughs> father. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I, exactly to fix it, but I think that that needs to be acknowledged. I don't think it does. I like it a lot more this way. And that goes along with all the stuff we got at the beginning with Alan Parrish and the Parrish family. I like that all of the stuff is super understated. There is so much craziness happening all over the place that we don't need crazy performances. We don't need emotional exposition. I think it works. And again, thinking about it as a kid's movie when I was a kid and I didn't realize that it was the same actor. This is just triggering like subconsciously right. in my own brain, right? They hide it well. I think yeah. it's like, it's meant, it's meant to fool you and then, like, make you kind of dig a little bit. I, I think that, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you're right. Look, so, when I was, so like, the, uh... seven, I was a big Jonathan Hyde fan. Oh, so yeah, I was like, I'd too. recognize, dude, that's yeah, that's the guy from Titanic, man. I'd recognize, <laughs> it's the guy from Anaconda. I'd recognize that face anywhere. It, it's so all the parents watching can be like, uh, my my little tyke has no idea how scared he's going to be of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea the issues I'm going to give him. So the, the only other note I have of this movie is that the fucking kid grabs the axe and looks into the camera. I I, I love it. that. I, I liked love it. The, I don't care. I love, it's, like, it's a scene. It just it's Why? so out of nowhere that he's just like grabbing the axe, tries to break into to the shed. The he's, axe. he's like, mm, and then just looks at the it. camera. It's Told like a, it was going to be a crazy day. <laughs> I gotta like say, guys, I fucking hated movie. that shit. <laughs> that was. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what is that? It did point? not belong in this movie. But right? it's at a point, right? It's at the point. The reason why I liked it is because at that point, we're at pure chaos. Like, it's just full madness is happening all around us at this point. So, like, fuck it. Let's have a look towards the camera moment. It, like, who cares? I liked it a lot because it reminded me of like Bugs Bunny cartoons. Okay. It's like an old school cartoon thing. And this, at this point, like you said, the movie has become a cartoon. Like, yeah. it's it's just pure insanity. There's no real human left in the story. Um, And so he might as well just like, like Bugs does at a crazy moment. He's like, are you fucking seeing this shit, yeah. you guys? It's, <laughs> yeah, I maybe. turn to a monkey. I don't. I have a thing about immersion breaking, and when it's just super random like that, and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't jive with me. You're more yeah. of like a Deadpool guy. Yeah, yeah. Never, it, it, my you've favorite always been, movie is Deadpool. He, he never well, breaks character. I, we were. You can go and say it now that you're recasting for uh, for Kate for Pete. for Robin Williams is Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Is you Ryan just Reynolds. put Ryan Reynolds in here? No, no, no. Ryan Harris. Reynolds is going to be Peter, the little kid. Yeah. No, he's oh. going to be every role. He, he's yeah. Baby Allen. Yeah. Um. I think we should get to the categories. Are there any thoughts on like the end um, of the movie? It, things wrap the up. Reset. I, I know that we can talk about all these ramifications. I love the the way that the movie ends. I almost think we could have spent a little more time while they're still playing in the game and they almost figure out like, wait, we can we can go back in time and like do, you know what I mean? Um, get, a, get a little more back to the future with it. Not much though. Like I like that it's pretty succinct and they, they undo everything and uh, is happy and you get to be like, Wow, that's wild. And then you think a little harder about it and you're like, wait a minute. It's, oh my God. I, this Would is, everything be different? 
the butterfly effect of it all. It, this is like the to me. This is like the perfect kids movie ending. Exactly. Where you you have you all these too deep. You have stake. You have all the stakes and with all the danger that's happening, but you also have this like horrible emotional damage for everybody that's also understated. Like you know, the kids' parents dying, Bonnie Hunt's life is ruined, Robin Williams' life is ruined. They've both yeah, they're both like thirty nine year olds in these children's bodies now. Yeah. Um, and they've both lived no. drastically different lives. No, I, I like how they address that too, where they acknowledge that, yes, they're like that for like five minutes, but it it's fades. like fading. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh. I can feel the adult fading away. I miss and that. that's when, mm-hmm. that's when she kisses him. She's like, before I become a kid again, yo, I have the courage. Yo, she to finally gets that pack. Yeah. She wanted it earlier. A little bit of blood, a little bit of blood from his. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so. So they don't have any recollection of like the 26 years of life that they lived. No, they definitely do. They do because they, do. they recognize yeah. the kids exactly. at the Christmas no, party. So that's the thing is that like, it's like, it, it's, it's more so disturbing for, cause you know, Robin Williams, like he lived 26 years as like an ape person. <laughs> like he lived in the jungle. That's not that's like how you live, dude. That basically is how I live. When working from home has done wonders for me. Um, but like for him, like he, no, he's starting over as a kid. He's like, he'll be able to like kick those little kids asses now right. because he like punched lions in the face. But Bonnie Hunt has like, experienced womanhood she's like yeah. lived an entire <laughs> she's life an astrologer she's, she's, she's a palm reader she's done so much like experienced so much and now she just has to go back just being 11 <laughs> like yeah. that's insane and mostly the fucking concept fades, of that is fades but they just like remember parts and like it's you know it's like dairy probably like every now and then do you they're think just they're reminded like, do yeah. you think that bonnie hunt was just like we gotta buy stock and apple <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, no, because I don't think that well, as the 90s, that was like the dark period of Apple. That was like when Steve oh, Jobs they're left. like, we have to sell all of our Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. Don't buy that Apple yeah. stock. <laughs> they're like, we need to invest in Circuit City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Radio Shack. Radio Shack is gonna Radio Shack is gonna be booming. Toys R Us is on the rise, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Let me tell you. I had this epic I had this really cool department store. Sir saves a lot. We're going all in on department stores. <laughs> Holy to shit. the moon. <laughs> um, no, I think that it's like kind of a fucking nutso ending. Like if you think about it, so the kids have no recollection. The kids have basically like the first 11 years of their life have just been like wiped from the history. Yeah. Well, everything's been wiped from history. They reset all of time. So they all just, the way back. So you show 16. up, you get hired by this like um shoe sale is that he's just he still owns the shoe factory right yeah he runs that shit good yeah he runs they they invented jays yeah they just invent some (laughs) sick ass they invent high tops um so they have this big old christmas party invite hire these people so they can bring their kids over first of all they have to be like actively pursuing this family like no what happens if the dad's just like no i don't want to i don't want to go into shoes i don't want to go into advertising for shoes this is all circumstance they're not like pursuing these kids, like looking through their Facebook profiles, like trying to figure out how to hire their dad to come and, and work here. This is it's just part of this like suspension of disbelief. Right. That they hire a marketer and it just so happens. That I don't I don't believe that. It's I think that they're I think that they're actively just like <laughs> it's March. It's March 1st, 1985. Little Peter was born today. I didn't like think- <laughs> I think that. And then they invite them and they're like, hey, kids, no, I'm alive. I, 
I didn't. Parents do not go skiing in California. <laughs> I didn't Canada. see it as like a pure coincidence that they ended up there. I I don't I don't also don't see it as like a creepy weird like pursuit thing. But I think they did actively like try to find those people. Right. They're I, they're clearly like drawn to. Yeah. That. Like when they I when they, they sh- when they them. show up, it's like there they are. There's the kids. Like they, they, they're they not they're their not lives. like shocked that they're there. If they're it like, was, yeah, these are the kids. Like. We were right for, for bringing this guy in to work right. for us. If it so wasn't they did for it those purpose. kids, they wouldn't be there. Like they, their lives. Yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. he would still be in the jungle. They did it on purpose. I'm sure that they just they figured out like what the parents did, and they were like, okay, let's just give a great offer, and they, yeah. that was that. You know, yeah, they're willing to overpay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more question that we go to the cage of Uh We're gonna play a game. It's called uh, "What's Weirder." Is it weirder for uh, Bonnie Hunt to kiss Robin Williams, knowing that he has the brain of an 11-year-old, or for Robin Williams to kiss Bonnie Hunt after only being able to picture 11-year-old her in his head for the last 26 years? Um, I have a third entry. For Bonnie Hunt to kiss Robin Williams, knowing that he looks like Robin Williams. (laughs) In that, in that the hair? moment that she is kissing yeah. him. Wait, wait, when exactly is this kiss happening? Is this kiss happening when they're children? Are you saying which either they, or? They almost smooch a few times in the adult world and then they do smooch as kids. It's definitely, it doesn't read as weird when they're children because it's like. Well, yeah, no, when they're kids, I feel like that's fine. But there's like the chemistry that they're about to smooch when they're adults. And what, for which one of them is it weirder? It's like, we have this to, is Robin like a no win scenario. This is like the only woman that Robin Williams has been able, like yeah. has had in his head well, that's for the why last he 26 he years. He didn't want to kiss her. That's why he backed out. Cause she wanted it. She was like, I need to match. He was like, no, I'm, I'm Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to be a jungle man. I'm the lonely stoner. I don't know. What do you think, Brett? What's weirder? I think Brett, wait, it's def- it, no, it's, it's, def- it's definitely weirder that she's kissing basically an 11 year old. Right. While she's still an adult. It's like but a I big think the, situation. Yeah, like the, if I went to my high school reunion, oh no, it's my old crush. Am I a creep? No. Dude, let's not She's talk about the adult big. now. You know? <laughs> oh my god. But I, well, the movie, the movie logic there is that it's not weird because of that level playing field that they established that we talked about. That they yeah, both, she's a, they're both children. Yeah, I, I think adults. that she's just in the heat of the moment that he basically just went full like aggro like tarzan mode maybe um maybe like because she you know made these crazy claims when she was a kid um she was like institutionalized and then lobotomized like they did with women in the 60s for real and so she legitimately has a child's brain (laughs) that's well there you go okay okay Okay. what what if there's an alternate version of this movie where Robin, the second Robin Williams comes back he's freaking out because he needs to go back to his family in the jungle that he just got sucked back out of. He's been raising for twenty six years. He has like he a, has like, like a half family. <laughs> <laughs> Like one yeah, of those like, fucking it's monkeys, like Caesar. It's I, like Caesar in Planet of the Apes. He's basically is like an ape person with how fucking hairy. Yeah, he, he is. really so, is. So you know, I he could probably blend in. That would well. be that would be awesome. To be <laughs> he's honest. like, let me back. Let well, me back okay. in. Hold on a second. Has anybody seen the new the new movie, The Rock Jumanji movie? No, I've heard it's surprisingly pretty good. I saw Nobody? the first one, not the. Sequel. Okay, so you saw this. Okay, I was watching the first one today and i didn't get all the way through it i only watched the first half is robin williams in like the end of that movie does he make not, an appearance not that i remember 
Because he's so. credited in the movie, and he was not in the first half that I saw. I, I literally just don't fucking remember. Because I mean, I, I was... think that's the opportunity where, like, you show him in the game. You do like a DH Robin Williams with like a family. You know, he like married an orangutan or something, and they have like beautiful children. <laughs> man, so that I, really I... is that's so true. And then he has to go back to being a child, and he's like, man, I. I have I have a monkey family out there somewhere just living in <laughs> life without personas. Me. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, like, what is it about this movie? Like, watching this movie, I love this. I still love this movie. I think it's fantastic. But it has, like, really mixed reviews. The box office was pretty good. So is the concept of the movie better than the movie itself because the reboot did, like, a billion dollars in the box yeah, office? Yeah, crazy. The concept... This movie isn't executed as well as it could have been. And I think that's really clear. Well, the, the concept of the new one is the inverse. It's not the same. Well, concept. yeah, that's I'm not even I have nothing to say about the new one. I'm just saying this movie in particular there is an A plus concept and the execution is an A plus. And right. that most of that lies in the storytelling. Yeah. That said, it's still good enough that it's very enjoyable. It's just mm. like if you were to try to critique the movie, you there are very clear, specific things that you could point out that if changed would be improvements and so if you're a movie critic you can't just straight up say yeah every moment of it works as well as it could all right there is like a definite nostalgia factor to this movie too like i can never like i mean there are like definitely serious criticisms that i've levied against this movie but also like this shit was my like i used to watch this movie all the time as a kid so at the end of the day like i can overlook so much of this movie because it's just like the high parts still sing as high as I remember them whenever I was a kid. So our, our guy, Roger Ebert, gave this movie one and a half stars. Woof. Um, he says, whoever thought this was a family movie must think kids are made of stern stuff. This is a gloomy special effects extra, <laughs> extra extravaganza filled with grotesque images generating fear and despair. Wow. Raj. Wow. Um, I get that, though, because you're on a hangover from some of the best, bigger budget, like family high concept movies of all time, especially if you're factoring in like Jurassic Park um, or even something like Back to the Future, because this movie is borrowing a lot from both of those movies. And it's very clearly not close to as good as either of them. So like. What it do you does itself a, a disservice? Yeah. So what do you marketing back to that? Like, I don't think it's a one and a half star movie, but there's if you're if you're in that moment in 1995, you're like, yeah, no, I've seen versions of this that worked a lot better. Exactly. You know I mean? That's the thing is like the recency of like just having seen Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like just two years earlier, it's like, man, this is not hitting yeah. those same beats that, that 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 did. This is this is how Raj ends his review, though. He says. The underlying structure of the film seems inspired by or limited by interactive video games. Interesting. He kind of like predicted the the sequel. There is little attempt to construct a a coherent story. (laughs) Instead, the characters face one threat after another as new and grotesque dangers jump at them. It's like those video games where you achieve one level after another by killing and not getting killed. The ultimate level for young viewers will be being able to sit all the way through the movie. He really thought that, like, kids were going to have a hard time. Kids will watch fucking anything. That's also, that's a bad, like, that's missing the point. So much of the, like, darkness 
in heavy air quotes that is in this movie is like darkness for adults. The darkness that like kids don't pick up on. If if like, I had seen this I in know, a younger monkeys were pretty grotesque I, because I, I don't have any nostalgia associated with this movie. I know if I had seen this as like a young child, I wouldn't really like the first half of it because like I liked movies that like were willing to get serious and just like tell straightforward stories. Um, and this movie doesn't do a great job of that. What it does a great job of is uh, letting chaos ensue. Yeah. And that happens a lot and later. It's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. So it's, it's lopsided, I would call it, but uh that's a lot better. Like the place it gets to is a lot better than where most kids movies right. get. And I, I, I didn't necessarily need it a coherent story from this movie. Yeah, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't end, well, it's end like it I feeling said, like I didn't it, get what I wanted. It's like I said, the movie isn't interested in that. Like right. it's not, it's not trying to give you a ton of character stuff in the middle of it. It's yeah. trying to just do like beginning and then a tiny little sprinkle in the middle while everything's going down. And yeah. then at the very end, like I was, I was fully satisfied just getting like, wacky crazy jungle shit yeah, in yeah the house. Exactly. it's weird like, because it ends up in this middle ground right where there like is plot but not enough to make it fully coherent but like more than you would really want from a kid's it, movie it does kind of end up it's in like a weird middle it's just it's there. the difference between plot and story yeah it's thing tons happen but they're not necessarily all a part of one machine right and that's fine that is fine i had a i had a lot of fun watching this as an adult and a lot of kids' movies do not work in that way when you're an adult. Yeah. Like, mm. for example, to be honest, like Hook is like a better made film. I would watch this over Hook one million times out of a million. Max. Like it's it becomes genuine entertainment in a way that Hook never ever does. Right. Right. All right. Let's get to the categories. So the first category is what is the best Robinism? So, Brett, this is like a moment with Robin Williams that best exemplifies what you want out of him in one of his movies. What, yes. what comes to mind off the top? So again, because the role is so understated and it's not that goofy, it feels more dramatic. Definitely it's when he gets arrested, he's in the back of the cop car and he's revealing to Carl that he's Alan and specifically, you see him in the rearview mirror and he channels the 12 year old and he does it like perfectly. He he's apologizes. Like, wow. He's like, sorry. Yeah. That's, that's, that's such a sorry, good pick. Sorry, so man. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. That's a awesome. perfect pick. Great pick. What about you guys? Mine is uh, uh, kind of basic, but it's just Robin's arrival. Robin just screaming, yeah. running around the house. Yeah, that's it's it has that child energy but like there's a whimsy to it i think i gotta go with that too that's just that's the the first thing i think of when i think of robin in the movie is him trying to chase down the kids to hug them but they're terrified yeah but <laughs> and like if it were certain actors you'd be like jesus christ but he's right. he, yes he he mm -hmm. has that thing where well, it's, he can it's just like do things like that it's the shot literally the the shot of him running around screaming with the chaser of him like realizing that it's been 26 years and his parents are dead and like the acting that happens in that moment yeah that is just incredible moment yeah that is perfect. it but that brett that's like such a good yeah that, <laughs> that's, that's really, really, really i wouldn't good. have thought about that yeah great pick um what is the best moment in the whole movie so it doesn't have to be related to Rob. So there's this moment after he gets arrested where he looks. <laughs> <in the rear laughs> mirror. 
Okay, so in, in a similar vein, I was trying to understand, like watching this now is trying to understand why did this resonate with me as a kid? Why did the things stick in my head that stuck in my head? And looking for other things now as an adult that might resonate with me differently, which definitely happened. So right when the hunter enters the game, Van Pelt, the text of every turn, you know, there's text, right? Associated mm -hmm. with each of the things that are happening. And they kind of come back to those things a lot. Like with the mosquitoes later on, people start to get bit by the mosquitoes, right? But right in that moment when the hunter comes, it says he's meant to make you feel like a child. And Robin is like shuddering. And I think that's the point of the movie, which you guys said it right at the beginning of the pod of this pod, is that this is like a psychological analysis yeah. of mm -hmm. Robin's character. And I think that's the mo that's the transition moment because it's his fucking dad. Like this movie becomes a whole different movie at that point if you're ignore ignoring like all the action shit. You're right. Mm -hmm. And well, and also speaking like almost against the critiques that like I levied earlier, and also Raj did an example of a movie that does that, but way too overtly is fucking hook. Yes. Or like that well, entire movie all like half, watching this. half the lines in Hook are just him legit being like, "Man, I'm I should be a better father." Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. him verbally exploring man, like I'm just like my the psychological man. journey he's going through as we're watching it, yeah. and that fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. So this is a better route to take, right? Because it doesn't drag the fun of it. Yeah, I think right. Hook like actively pumps the brakes to be like let's do a daddy let's stop movie. yeah let's yeah, stop well, having let's, fun yeah let's pump the like the magic out of neverland and let's make this grounded yeah. and uh realistic yeah hey turns out hook is a better father than peter pan yeah you know? hook is actually dude i Dustin want hook Hoffman, to be my I, dad hook is daddy peter pan you're no longer my dad I, I love that pick, Brett. I would just say that is an incredible moment. And I think that Van Pelt is like my favorite just like thing in this movie. And like, it's a we're genuine just like still... payoff. It's like yeah. the biggest like payoff that we get in the movie. Yeah. I uh, I mean, Van Pelt's involved in it, but I said it earlier. Just my favorite scene in the movie is that department store scene. It's Robin. It's Van Pelt like, sequence. doing his goofy thing. That's like peak kids movie shit like it's funny like i haven't seen this movie in so so long but like i remembered that scene like permanently burned in my brain certain like beats like you know slipping on the goo and the paint falling over on him it's <laughs> it's so out from yeah, under. <laughs> it's so classic that like i just i i love that shit and i love how the setup of van pelt lead it leads up to that moment as this kind of immortal NPC like yeah. creature, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boss. He's a boss. He's like he's like the Mar Margie of uh, Jumanji. <laughs> For sure, the fell. He's the fell omen. The Margie yeah. of uh, yeah. Jumanji. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. I think my pick has to be the monsoon. Like everything about how they designed that set with the vines and everything growing. And then the water, they really like flooded that the, uh, set. The crocodilo. Mm -hmm. the, yes. They were just trying to Looks hang. Looks good. Crocodile. They Double weren't trying to do anything. Crocodile. They weren't trying to eat anybody. They didn't do anything wrong. And here come these humans just being like, oh, the crocodile's going to eat me. Like, no, I'm just trying to hang out. I'm just trying to say what's up. I just, you know? in that sequence. I op open my mouth. Just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I really hated about that sequence was when Carl and the aunt are like floating away no. on pieces of wood. <laughs> that was rough. They open up the that door. was tough. So there's a lot of water there. But like based on the shot of them <laughs> opening up 
the, yeah. the doors. It's like they just like had like half Monsoon. of the Pacific Ocean just inside of this house. Yeah. Um, okay. Next category is fellows WID. Yeah. What would you do? And we have to let Brett start this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a I have a I wrote down a couple ways to come at this. So I, I wrote I wrote down this question before I knew that this was a category. Yeah. Well, so who who are you? You gotta right. be in this character. So is no. each thing you wrote a different character? I'm okay. No, I'm or are you just Brett, in, but in here. What's most yeah. So what's most important to me about this is coming back to the rules and the fact that this is a real board game and that a game, it doesn't matter what the rules are as long as it has rules that can be followed, right? And the movie does do this. So there's two ways to come at this in this theoretical situation that I've come across Jumanji. Either it's serious where I'm like a character in the movie where I'm fighting for my life. How would I play the game? And then the other one is for fun. I've come across this game and I could willingly jump into it. Mm. So if I'm in the movie and I'm playing this game, I am say it's it's us for playing. I'm saying, guys, look, we're gonna roll the dice as fast as we can, and you could be right. through this game in like 10 power seconds. power run mm-hmm. speed run. Yeah, because yeah. there that's, isn't that's the move. Because there isn't a rule that you have to vanquish whatever comes after you, right? No, I mean right. they for the most part, those creatures are just like out and about. Yeah, they're just doing the rules their thing simply now. that they come after you. Yeah, you just have to be willing to be like, I'm not gonna pay attention to the four foot mosquito. That is like buzzing around my head. I'm just gonna need to zero into my next move. Oh, there's a lion now. Just no, out well, of sight, right. out of mind. Also, they're just like they're very like de- like set and determined that like we gotta like sit down here. We gotta like make a little <laughs> like sit down like crisscross applesauce around this table while we take our turn. Yeah. Like if we're being chased by something, there's no rule against just like having the board out and just like throw in while you're going. Right. Like just keep going. I'm getting in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> no, mosquitoes can find you out there. They'll still come after you. Nowhere yeah, around like there. jungle tornado, right? Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like I could these whole there's holes in that strategy of similar to when he tries to cheat and he turns into a monkey. So there's like, we don't know what might happen if we try to roll the dice too quick. They'll be like, now you're a snake. Yeah. You know? Regardless, they they could have gone faster than they went. Yes. <laughs> like exactly. that's definitely They true. were really drawing it out. I mean, we the did- fact that the Pelican steals the game, <laughs> I really <laughs> had to suspend disbelief in that moment. What? Fellas, what are you you're talking, a Pelican. Brent, what's your issue there? Can you explain that? Like what your problem is with Pelican stealing game and then treats game like baby and then decides to <laughs> trade game but only once robin williams just first tried just bare hands a fish out of the river and then they're like all right trade we'll, we'll switch now a little exchange do you think that's how he survived in the wilderness like he had to like do like work on a barter system yeah. with the other animals oh my god so so you guys you think you might do a similar thing in that situation yeah, yeah you're just 100%. transplanted i'm playing fast there but the thing is, there are certain pitfalls. Like, if I'm a kid and this happens to me, like, you're simply going to the jungle for, and, <laughs> and you're not getting yeah, it out. Just becomes, it just becomes, how do you survive? There's in the no jungle? way to not be in the jungle for 26 years if you're Robin Williams. So like you're, you're strategizing about. I'm just waiting for Kirsten Dunst to get born. <laughs> That's my whole strat. So what is it that actually gets him sucked into the game in the first place? 
It's he just rolls it, and he lands on a spot where it says you lose you're your sucked into the, the yeah, game. just like you lose your turn until five or eight are old or something uh, more poetic than that. So, right, right, right. so what happens? Because I did have this question because like uh, Robin Williams, young or young Robin Williams, Alan, like pulls out one piece and it just immediately goes on the board. What happens if he rolls the dice then? Will the game mm. not actually start until a second player enters the field? I like or this like discussion. playing alone. Yeah, like can he play alone? What do you think, Brett? No, I like this discussion. I'm getting bricked the fuck up right now. <laughs> I think this is I, great. like what happens if he gets <laughs> he plays alone and then he gets sucked into the game? Is he just dead forever? Because nobody like no, I think this is you know how like on the box it says like minimum two, two players two to six yeah like is... if he rolls the dice it'll be like when you go out of turn nothing will happen that's the assumption i would make is that it's yeah it's like two to four players and that's that yeah like the... if there was if there is a rule book like i wonder if somebody's written like a jumanji rule book <laughs> as it applies to the movie you should you should look it up you should write it i should just no, do no, it this yeah. is this yeah. is what i think this is what i think happens you there... know what it is it is 26 years from 1995 guys no th- this is what this is what happens if, 27. I can't do math. If, <laughs> if somebody, hey, we're still 26. Man. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody is trying to play the game by themselves, the the game ejects a player from the jungle to be sucked oh, out of oh, the jungle. Oh, it's an NPC. Into, it's no, literally no, no, you're a, playing against a bot. No, no, no. Oh, I guess I guess that would be yeah, an AI player. But no, there are real people, presumably, in the game that they can pull out. Wonder, Are there other stuck people in the jungle? That no, can come be, out and play? no, because then they would have a piece on the board. That's right. Yeah, they would have a piece there from the last game. My whole question. So what if they played the game? That's yeah. And that's a five true. and eight never got rolled. Then Robin Williams is stuck there. But yeah. the game doesn't. Holy does the game shit. end? I think. Oh, my God. Well, oh, the, timeline, the, the timeline re- never end. The timeline resets. So I think he's fine. Oh, you think, think he just like comes back, but it's no, just no, like, no, no. He's the- stuck in there because yeah, that's he is how, stuck in there then. So then that's how all the people that are stuck in there are stuck in there because the, an entire round is played with nobody rolling a five or eight. So each time somebody just look, I played plenty of Catan games where you're like, where are the five and the eights right. in this game? No, in the same way that the elephants go back into the game, he would come back out because everything resets. Hmm. So the way we've been doing this category in episodes past is we we try to hone in on a character in the story that would be some kind of audience surrogate. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I'm Kirsten Dunst Mm -hmm. and a raggedy man comes out of the board game that I'm playing, um, I run away Mm -hmm. immediately. They try it. And I, uh, he's going to catch you. Call the police. (laughs) Yeah, he's it's set up that Robin that Alan is prepared to get really violent. Yeah. Try to run away because of what he does to to Sarah and he has the sword and he like sticks it in the ground. He's like if you run I'm going to slice your legs off. Yeah. And these kids are they're so like out of it because of their dead parents that they're just like fine. Yeah, whatever. I need something to happen. Yeah, this this life. is this is better than my fucking aunt. Yeah. Well, do you think that like like why is Robin Williams so persistent? If here's if it's me, like and I come back to reality after twenty six after twenty six years, I'd be like, oh, what? There's some killer mosquitoes and a lion. Like, good, I'm back. Like, I'm not playing the risk of playing anymore. Like, right. I'm just gonna like. 
I'm going to live my life as a cave person, like just back to the future here um, and just go about my day. That's what he said he was going to do. Yeah, it's it starts to unravel like what the repercussions of the game would be if you chose to do that. if you're just like perpetually like waiting for the next turn for the rest of your life. Like, let's say like these people, like they only roll like once a year, like once a year for the rest of it's their like lives. Tag. Like, That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do Jumanji, but tag. But at this point, because before in the 60s, all that was left was the bats. But at this point, the mosquitoes is basically COVID for this town. Yeah. Oh, no, like, it's like malaria COVID. Like everyone yeah. is dying. Zika. Who's getting, <laughs> getting it's, it's, bit by it's bigger news on the radio than the stampede is. Yeah. No. <laughs> the stampede is not mentioned. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just another stampede. Meanwhile, uh, 87 people have a rash. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. But I, I did. I did want to mention, I know this goes against like your rules for the category, but if fuck I was playing this game, fuck the rules. I can't believe I just said that. So if I, I was playing this game, what the hell? Like for fun, like let's say again, the four of us came across this game, and it's we know that it's legit Jumanji. It becomes the greatest game of all time, right? Yeah. So you you want to set up everything. So you you like set up the house to make it work for you. You get weapons. Oh my get god! Armor, yes. You get everything yeah. you need, and then you can like fully role play if you want. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like the greatest game of all time. And we this is change the course of human you know, history, depending right. on like our direct action. Right. right. You know, we as, reset, as a, sell our Apple stock and we're fucking yeah. good. Yeah. As a dungeon master myself, this is kind of like the oh the, the settings that I like to invoke whenever I'm right. DMing a game here. Like I want you to come prepared in armor and with swords mm-hmm. and ready to vanquish whatever creature that, I that one game that you DM'd was really great. Yeah, it was unhinged. Can I can I take my coins to the local gun shop? Yeah, <laughs> Just and they'll, they'll lock the door behind you. Uh, I guess the only other thing I want to mention here is like if I was Sarah, mm-hmm. if I was Sarah and like my friend got sucked into the game, like I would probably try a little bit harder, like maybe try a little bit harder. Yeah, you know, they I, I definitely like would not. <laughs> if sorry. I got sucked into the game, would you just be like, well, maybe like Hunter. maybe like bring somebody Hunter, to the house board game. and like show them the game. And they and they're like, okay, <laughs> cool game. Like there's no recoil, there's nothing to be done. She tried. There what? must be just like roll a dice one yeah, time in front get, of someone. Exactly. Just like get somebody to like play the game. I would think that I was dreaming. Like I wouldn't not accept yeah. it as reality. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Try a little harder. No, no. Well, she doesn't. It, she does think she does believe it because she's like been spending. She says like five thousand hours in therapy, which in twenty six years isn't that much therapy. Like, come on, that's an hour like, a session. Yeah. Like, that's that's every other week. Yeah, that's you know. Um. Okay. Next category: Good Robin or Bad Robin? It's Great Good Robin. Robin. It's just not Crazy Robin, right? Which yeah. is funny because you would assume that it would be. You know, I think we've seen. Much worse, Robin, and we've seen much better, Robin. So this is okay, Robin. I think that this is great, Robin. I think I'll did. say I think that he is great in this movie. I think that he's not all over the. He's not as manic as Robin yeah. can be, and the movie has its faults. But like, he, I think that he is excellent in this. Yeah, he he's doing what the role asks because he, he is like the core of the he movie. He can't. He well, he can't come back from the jungle and then start making like 
a Jack Nicholson impression, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. There's no wait. Is this the first yeah, like do like a John Wayne? This impression. is the first like non-serious Robin Williams movie where he's not just like going with quips and references yeah i think that's why i immediately jumped to it being okay but it's not it's not that it's good you I wanted just, him to do like a johnny carson bit like coming back from the jungle or something i think i think he works better in this than he does in toys because in yeah. toys he's making those references and, and they don't fit that world is even yeah. crazier than this world like <laughs> they, there's no such thing as pop culture in the toys world what do you think brett good no, or i'm bad, on the Robin? same i'm on the same page it, it's good and it's nothing that's like blowing you out of the water it really comes back to it being more visual, just the way yeah. he looks. I think I read when I was doing some research into it that when he originally got the script, he they, like they were worried he was going to improvise a lot. Yeah, that's but the he, Wikipedia. But yeah, but he agreed that it wasn't a good idea. Yeah, Joe uh, Johnston was actually really worried that well, he was going to derail the production by trying to ad lib all the time. I, I guess if you're on sort of a tight schedule and a tighter budget, then like yeah. that becomes an issue. I mean, it's an intricate movie like there's a lot of moving parts you can't be riffing all the time you know you, i know it has to serve a certain we, we could have still had you, like they could have reserved a day for example when he's okay this is the day where we're in the car with david allen greer and we're gonna let him play a little bit yeah, yeah. you know what i mean there's because if you fully remove his ability to or you you fabricate some type of jumanji jungle scenario that he has to like play his that that suits his very specific like quality you, you give him like a who's line game yeah play. like <laughs> you yeah, i don't know like there's a there's a crazy baboon that like needs to be like swayed oh no to... uh <laughs> the only way to trick this lion is to make it think that we're then like pulls a name out of a hat <laughs> <laughs> cloris leachman <laughs> marilyn monroe <laughs> that would work yeah um Okay, how many Robins out of 10? I think this is a solid eight, you know? Maybe is, maybe like a seven and a half. This is like a, on a craziness scale? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. This is wow. like on how intensity, intensity, is, this is, intensity of the yeah, Robins, the RPMs, the Robins per minute. Oh, man. I, I was thinking more like a six. I, yeah, I that's kind fair. of, I'm leaning mm -hmm. closer to that. To seven. Yeah. Like He's really shockingly toned down. And it's literally just because his character is written to be like that. His character is not the craziest person yeah. in this movie at all. The, He's the very, feels, the feels are good though. They're effective. He's very clearly in a box. Like he feels like he's in this box in this movie and he's not going crazy with it at all. Yeah. He's, yeah. But I, he's I, very focused on his goal in this movie. In my, in my Robin scale, I, I also factor in like the, the, the emotion, like the, mm, the, you right. know, the gravitas that he's able to bring into. It's not just about like being manic. It's also about being this very like sincere touching, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, emotional figure in the story that's part of like what i yeah. bring into it too and i think that he has to be that sort of emotional core to the story mm -hmm. I yeah think he does that really well i think i think the better part of the movie just doesn't involve that is that like no it's not it's not going above and beyond I'm, yeah i know he, he does it effectively it's just like most of his characters uh emotional journey is when he's a little kid yeah you know at yeah. the beginning and the end so it's tough it's tough for he Robin brings what he can. It's just not written for him to bring everything. What do you think, Connor? Um, I think you guys are right. Like, I think that this it kind of rides a weird line, and especially because we're watching these Robin movies in order. So this is like kind of this this line where 
Robin still has like that comedic sensibility. And like, we're also like, this is the run of Robin that we're getting into, but we're also getting into Robin as like a family star is really starting, like started with Aladdin and now is like really kicking off that. Now we're moving into the flubbers and everything else like that, that he's kind of learns how to like recalibrate his comedy in a really interesting way. Um, so you see a little bit of that. Do we have the crazy Robin? Like this movie isn't, this isn't fucking awakenings where it's like, he's just like benzoed <laughs> out for fucking the uh, hundred minute run. And that was just nothing. Yeah. Awakenings. <laughs> that Jesus movie was Christ. nothing. Um, that movie didn't happen. I like, us. don't remember a single fucking thing from that yeah. movie. Big, except for like, how much Robin listen to the episode just, guys. Uh, <laughs> listen to the episode. Don't watch the movie. We had a great time um, watching it. We also took the same benzos that Robin was on uh, in 1980 whenever it's a good point of comparison though just to see what he was trying to do yeah um all right last category recaging couch where is nicholas cage this, in this is movie? the easiest yeah it's, answer. it's too easy it's dude it's van pelt okay. yeah it's nicholas yeah. cage yeah. is just going around and he's just like alan <laughs> alan get back here alan and he's the and he's the dad as well yeah yeah, he yeah he's his dad, dad. I don't care about age difference or anything. I just want Nicolas Cage just in here just chasing him down. Nicolas Cage in the department store slipping. Oh, oh, oh. That's so It'd perfect. be so, it's, it's just one too of, good to One of the unintentional funniest moments in the movie is when at the very end, when he gets back and he like, he hugs his dad and his dad instantly is like, I'm different now. I love you. And then, um, <laughs> but then his dad's like on the way out and he's like, dad by the way i put that sneaker in the thing and his dad gives him a look like man i want to be your fucking ass so bad right now but i just no i just i I got it i got it more like my my thoughts on that look was more like i'm glad you said that because carl was gonna fucking like get (laughs) some shit yeah we're gonna lynch (laughs) (laughs) it's 19 guys we can't get over past it's 1969 things are not looking great in the country i know dude when i see this kid when I see this kid look back at the chaos that he just caused and he just walks away like it's nothing. Yeah, David like, Allen Greer is I'm just like, fuck Alan. You are a criminal, Alan. <laughs> you just sentenced a man to his doom. What the fuck? <laughs> he did nothing wrong. So so yeah, Nick Cage is Ben Pelt for sure. Who who are we recasting as Robin? Though? So I, I thought of this. There's, I did put, you see the Wikipedia? No, there's a big list. I'm mad because the, one of my answers, it's one of the last ones. It's one of the ones that has like no creditation behind it. So I think somebody just had the same thought as All I right, did. What's your, what's your pick? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. 1995 Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. I think we could go more slapstick with it too, which I think also makes the movie a little bit better. If we take down a little bit of that plotty emotionality that we're trying to do, and we just let, Schwartzy just cook right here, just coming straight off of true lies. Yeah. I think that that fucking rocks. I'm I'm here for that. It movie. makes sense if Alan comes back like built. Yeah. You yeah. know, he just comes back just like off the uh, set of Predator. <laughs> um, the first choice was Tom Hanks, which is like Tom Hanks is the first choice he, for everything. Yeah, Tom Hanks the is 90s. the cheat code. Yeah, because he would yeah. be awesome. Also, yeah. he does the wilderness survival big beard thing uh was it five years later with true yeah Yeah. he also has already done i'm a kid in an adult's body but Mm -hmm. like at this point in history he did big like 10 years before big big makes me so uncomfortable 
Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. Talk about what's weirder. Jesus Christ. The 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 politics in that movie are are rough. Um. There but is, hey, there is a know, massive list stuff. on this Wikipedia. So Tom Hanks turned down the role because he was uh making Apollo thirteen, and this is who this is the Rolodex that they went through before Robin got the part. Dan Aykroyd. Bruce Willis, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. Hold on, hold Kevin on. Klein. Hold on. Yeah, so Kevin so, Klein, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Dan Aykroyd, I don't, I don't see it. Um, Bruce no. Willis, I actually could see Bruce. Bruce, Bruce in nineteen ninety five. Bruce Willis. Does he grow out his hair though in the jungle? Literally cannot. He yeah. is. He just goes full bald. That so. He is alopecia. Um, oh shit. Oh. Fuck, Ernie. Don't, Get don't Bruce's Willis name <laughs> out your motherfucking mouth. It's um, aphasia. Yeah. Oh, that's what um, I'm so good. That's right. Now. I thought um, Chris Rock made a Bruce Willis joke. Uh, yeah. So, see, so now we're um, Michael Keaton, which I don't know. I love Michael Keaton. And he was I was already really, Batman at this point. I don't really picture Michael Keaton in this role. That's kind of weird to me. Back then, he was known for being a manic comedian, though, so it makes sense that you would put him in any Robin role. I mean, the the rest of this list is insane. Chevy Chase, Sean Penn, Kevin Costner, Richard Dreyfuss, Michael Douglas, Rupert Everett, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, Bill Paxton. This is just a list of, like, everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's a literal Rolodex of like, yeah, they just send but scripts they, to people. Sean they Con- considered like, all of them. Apparently. Sean Connery is like, what? What? Yeah, like, oh, I but was did really those actors consider yeah, this movie. Exactly. <laughs> my, you, you want to know my pick? So, mm. so bear with the age thing doesn't quite line up, but I went Brandon Fraser. Ooh, that is actually like George that. of the Jungle. I really, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. George, George of the Jungle is, which is what came to mind, is like a couple years later. So it would have been like a way hotter version of the character but i think he could have pulled it off in a way that would still make it a kid's movie because george of the jungle is like kind of an innocent movie in a way yeah. i think it would work that's that i love pick. that pick. I, I love that too what about someone who's in the latest versions jack black flea d yeah that would be cool i like that pick mm-hmm. too tenacious d himself what about kyle gas <laughs> yep yep keep going it's it's interesting because like you want to find somebody who fits that family angle, right? Like you don't want to pick someone too out of the box of that. Um, I don't know. I feel yeah, like other other than Hanks and Robin Williams to get that balance right, I, I can't really visualize it. It's it's t- like a lot of these names I just don't think are real names. I like I don't know if there's any validity to anything aside from like i would really like to make a movie with uh bill paxton in 1995 um it's interesting because like the biggest movie of 1995 um well actually the the biggest movie 1995 was die hard with a vengeance which is crazy bruce willie but also that was the year the toy story came out so we were in a time when like this was like the dawn of you know a different kind of family kids mm-hmm. movie that was so different from Jumanji. Speaking of, Guys, by the okay, way, Tim Allen would be pitch. awesome. I'm, and I'm not joking. Wait, wait, Tim, Allen Tim Allen He would have slayed this. Oh, yeah, Tim. I mean, yeah. Tim Allen was very funny in the nineties. Yeah. Um, here's new pitch, guys. Um, let's take all the humor of Jumanji and let's take it out, and let's put in 
the star, the best actor and director that we had in 1995. Mel Gibson writes and directs Jumanji. Yeah. And stars. Yep. That's the pick. Yep. That's it. I don't He's think just he like, would respond well if, to the, uh, instead the of fan making, theory that Brett brought up. Instead oh, of yeah, picking, instead of doing Braveheart, he just is like, instead I'm going to write my passion project, Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Um, no, I think, I think like a lot of the movies we've been talking about lately, I think this is kind of a perfect Robin Williams movie, you know, even though it's not like quite a seamless overlap of everything sort of coalescing together. I think that he brings just the right amount of, you know, secret sweet sauce to the project. And if it was anybody else, I think it would tip a little bit, maybe too much into action or a little bit too much into melodrama. He kind of finds like a good balance as he does in, in a lot of these projects. One other name to throw out there, and this name has come up a lot with like every Robin Williams movie, but Jim Carrey. Oh, just yeah. the physicality, anything like that. Like, I mean, he's the other 90s, super hyper physical yeah. comedic actor. He can grow a, a great beard. Too. He can grow a great beard. All right. Any final thoughts, Brett, on Robin, Jabonji, anything at all before we wrap up? Elden I Ring. Think, I think we hit all the beats other than Elden Ring. But yeah, this this movie, it, it really did resonate with me as a kid. And I, 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 like I was saying, I really watched this trying to figure out why. And I think it's just the balance of everything. And I, I'm the opposite of Drew, where the thing that stuck with me was the first half of the movie for some reason. Just all that, all that setup is really what stuck with me. Because like the, the scene in the uh, Sir Saves a Lot, I like take it or leave it when I was a kid. It was all yeah. just like the goofy Home Alone shit I was used to. Like what really stuck with me was the kid getting the bloody lip like trying to think of what it might have been like to get beat up like that because i never did so so or, it was more it was more like that was more of the thing that you were seeing for the first time right like like that was something you had less experience watching is what you're saying the back half like no the yeah. first half like you you hadn't seen something that like goes for emotion like that yeah or at least that, at least as effectively for you yeah that hit uh, i mean it's like emotion but also just yeah it was kind of like these situations i'm like damn like i don't want to be in that situation or like what would i do if i was in that situation like him get the image of him getting sucked in the board game will never leave my brain that will ever be in my subconscious yeah it's it's cool as hell if i had seen this as a kid like i i i say that i wouldn't like the first half i would just i would like it less right but but this movie would slap it when i was a kid like yeah as a whole as it should all right any final thoughts boys should we wrap it up? Um, this movie rocks. Also, incredible VHS cover. Yeah. Like, kind of iconic with uh, listeners can't see, but, like, the Robin Williams, his head above the title. Robin, oh, Williams, is, Robin Williams is the king of... I'm not going to have my name above the title. I'm going to have my face above right. the title. Um, I, love I that. just, I, like, see... That's the first thing that I think of with Jumanji is actually, like, the VHS and the DVD cover because this is just... It was a staple of my house. All right. Love it. Well, that about does it. Thank you so much for tuning in to We Bought a Mic. Thank you so much, Brett, for coming back on the show. We hope that you don't get stuck inside of Jumanji for the next 26 years. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you got going on? Any yo-yo tricks? Any new Kendama moves you want to plug? Anything like that? <laughs> no, dude. I mean, hey, yo-yo is really hot on TikTok right now. It's kind of having a 
freaking movement on TikTok right now. Oh yeah. So if you, you can blow up. That, the Zoomers I, are yoing. I might fucking blow up, dude. But hey, you guys are awesome. It's really good to see you guys. I know. We'll miss have you, you on again soon. Love you, miss you. Love you, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, watching and listening. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, follow, like. All those links are in the description below. If you want to support the show, you can donate. Visit our website, webottomike.net. Uh, and stay tuned for more Robin with the birdcage mm. and Jack. So not sure if those two are part of the big 90s run. Aha, aha. Well, birdcage absolutely is. Okay. Birdcage is fucking iconic. Jack is iconic too. For some, for <laughs> for, some other reason. For other ways. Um, and beyond that, uh, Hunter and I have seen one of the best movies that has come out in a very long time. It's called yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once. We're definitely going to talk about that when oh, it yeah. comes out. Uh, also, Ambulance. Yeah. People I, aren't talking about Ambulance. My birthday is this week. I We're seeing that movie Can for we? my birthday. Let's go. We're Let's going. Go. Um, I'll buy your ticket. And uh, TV Severance is going to be wrapping up. We got to mm-hmm. talk about that. Big fan uh, of Severance. Have you been yeah. watching that, Brett? You should watch that. You would like that. What's it called? On Severance? Apple TV Plus. It's uh, the better version of Devs. I think that it's kind of where oh. Devs petered out. I think Severance is kind Severance, of fulfilling. Um, the oh, the Adam Scott. More. I did like Devs, though, honestly. Um, I love Devs. But yeah, Devs is great. Severance is fucking awesome. And it's a, it's, I, I'm not sure it's going to fully be able to stick the landing that it's, it's set up for itself, but it is. It's one of the best shows on TV. It's one of the most original and creative shows I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. It's an original script that, that was literally, you know, what's so funny. We, we talked about it very briefly uh, a few weeks ago, you and me, Ernie. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's this really young guy you made. He probably just, you know, went to fucking NYU. This is the one case in history where literally this guy just went to some random college and that script, this script just ended up on the right desks. And every single person who read it was like, I have to. Make oh, this. yeah. Like it was the one. <laughs> a perfect pilot yeah. script. So it's, we'll, it's so good. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the new season of Atlanta, too, oh, which yeah. is back. Um, so stick around for all that. And uh, yeah, thank you all for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.